Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. It is good to be back with you for this momentous occasion. And when I say momentous occasion, it is it's the end of the Mandalorian season two. Um, so for those of you that are new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Alex. I'm your host uh, and it is good to be with you. Um, and a bit of a limited uh, council members that are about today. Um, I'm with my good buddy and brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. It's just the two of us today, mate. Hello. Uh, yeah. So Justin um, and Mera are not available today. Sadly, neither is Mr. Contrary. Uh, so it's just the two of us going to go into a hell of a lot of detail about Mandalorian Chapter 16. Um, I didn't actually didn't finish my proper introduction. For those of you that are returning to the podcast, welcome back. Uh, we do hope to keep you entertained for the next hour and hour and a half-ish. Although knowing what happened in this particular episode, it could be closer to two hours, I think. Um, I know last week's was a bit of a record where Dave, you, Mera and Justin were speaking about Chapter 15 um, and some of the announcements that came on the uh, Disney Investor call. So therefore, it kind of extended it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, where it's just the two of us, it could be could be a little bit a bit quicker. But knowing the content of what happened, probably not. <laughs> So, yes, listeners, we are going to be going headfirst into detail, into spoiler territory about Mandalorian Chapter 16, The Rescue. It was The Rescue, wasn't it? The Rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Because last week was The Believer. Um, and yeah, I was a bit like, well, who is The Believer? But we, that was for another podcast. But anyway, so yeah, we are talking about The Rescue. Um, and of course, it is the final episode of, of, of chapter two no season two sorry uh season two before we get into it dave season's over what is your high level quick thoughts about season two mate did you enjoy actually more to the important did you enjoy season two more than season one yes snap yes i think that's been an overwhelming response well, hasn't it it has it has and, and strangely i know that um probably ali and myself were were probably the most wary about season two yeah we were worried the pair of us were worried that the amount of named individuals who seem to be popping up out and coming out of the woodwork and, and what have you just just had the potential to to skew the tv show so it would no longer be the mandalorian instead it would be god knows what <laughs> Um, it, it would be rebels on an, on on live action, and and I think that was our worry. That exactly was our worry, and it's interesting that you mentioned Mister Contrary himself because he's actually joined us. He has. Hello, gents. Welcome Hello. back to the show, mate. We had kicked off, but we are welcoming you with open arms, my friend. Good to have you back. Oh, gentlemen, it's good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back after a hiatus due to hating Star Wars. I love it again. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get into that in just a little minute there. But one thing that I did ask Dave before you jumped on was the first question was, did you enjoy chapter two more than chapter one? Uh, sorry, season two more than chapter season one. I should say. <laughs> I'm getting my words mixed up. I'm so excited. Did you enjoy season two more than season one? Oh, yes. Mm, not sure. Oh, Ali, Ali's pulling faces. I'm not sure. Okay, but did you enjoy some of it? 
<laughs> no, I did. I did. I did. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. The lows in chapter, sorry, in season two, are much lower for me than the lows in season one. But equally, okay. the highs of season two are much higher than the highs of season one. So I'm really conflicted because, like, okay, here's here's where my premise is: is like season one is basically about the Mandalorian and the child, and I, I caught the tail end of what Dave was saying then. And and I think they that you know they did it quite well, but it doesn't diminish from the fact that it in many situations it wasn't it wasn't the Mandalorian. It it was about the wider universe that it was plugging into. The you know, the intrigue of some characters coming back is well, what's that character been up to? And you know, we got a lot of of you know. A, Obviously, we could say spoilers now. Sorry, I just realised. We obviously we got we probably got a lot more Ahsoka than we thought in that one episode. Like that was she dominated it. The Boba Fett thing. Um, I know I listened back to a couple of podcasts and like both of you said, oh, we can't see him being in it at all. He literally dominated two episodes and was pretty critical throughout the third one that he was in. So I think I think I I think you're probably saying that the way that they did it, they balanced it quite well, and I and I don't disagree with that, but I don't think it stops it. The first season was was a bit more of a pure story. The second one is is a bit more engaging with the universe as was. Yes. And the and the problem with that for me in some situations has been is that until very recent events, <laughs> which we'll go into, every, everything that I was seeing was making me think you're making the old story worse. And I, I understand lots of people won't agree with that, and that, that's their opinion, and I completely get that. And that's, you know, I get it. But for me personally, I kept looking at it and thinking, you're, you're doing things to the story which I love, which I don't understand why you couldn't just leave it alone, which is what we kind of asked for before the season began. They went to those places. Now, the payoff for those places <laughs> is what you get in the last episode, which is insanely good. So I can understand why, for some people, that really works. And actually, I get that a lot more now after the last episode than I did when Boba Fett or Ahsoka came back. And I was like, oh, I'm done with this. Um, let, let me just interject. I do get it. I understand it more because of the last episode than I did. I was, I was going to say, there was something that Alex and myself had discussed. I can't remember which podcast it was. It, it might have been... It might have been followed... It, it, it might not even have been on here. It might have just been a chat that we'd had separately. And I think I'd made reference to the fact that... Or, actually, Alex had made reference to the fact that it was the believer was a little bit of a filler episode and not a lot really happened and it didn't really progress the story that far forwards. And so I, I think I'd responded with, well, if you if you stop treating these as episodes and instead think of it as maybe two movies that have just been split down the middle, so you've got like episode one and then an episode two of the story, The Believer was almost like what we've seen in other Star Wars. But I say the other Star Wars. If you go back to the original trilogy of Star Wars movies, you had bits like the the Jabba, the entire Jabba the Hutt and um, the, the rebels taking Han Solo back. 
none of that moved the story forward in any way. None of it was really needed for the overarching story of Luke versus his father and, and trying to bring balance back to the galaxy. So it wasn't needed, but no one would say that the Jabba Palace part and the entire um, Rancor and then the Sarlacc pit was pointless. Mm-hmm. And, and I think because we see them as episodes... You watch an episode, as you did when you saw the Boba Fett episode, especially the first Boba Fett episode, and for you it just struck a chord that you weren't you weren't happy with it, and that was the way it felt. And because it was an entire episode, that was the way you saw it and the way it felt. Whereas if you were to imagine that it was one 30-minute portion of a two-hour movie, your perception could be very different, potentially. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And something that I've said on, on a previous show that I'm surprised I haven't had more stick from some of our listeners as I had done previously was that the first hour of A New Hope, for me, is slow. And well, apart from the first opening sequence of the first 10 minutes, the bit on Tatooine is, is quite slow. It's quite, it's not boring because it's world building and it's storytelling, but it is quite slow. And to your point, Dave, if that had been taken as one episode of of Mandalorian, yeah. I would have been like, what on earth is this? This has been a waste of my half an hour, 45 minutes. But because it's in the widest, wider arc of storytelling and, and, a, and, a, and a show, it becomes more important. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how it was to a certain extent with things like The Believer um, or indeed things like... Um, the, the Passenger. The Passenger, yeah. you know. So there's always these small tidbits that, as a knee-jerk reaction as fans that we all do, let's be honest, is that, oh my God, it's filler. Wow, well, that didn't do anything for me. That didn't progress the story. But uh, over Christmas, this is going to sound really lame, but I plan to watch season two pretty, not necessarily all back-to-back. I don't think my wife would be happy with that. But um, I plan to watch quite a lot of episodes in like two, 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 and two. You know, we've, we've done that previously stuff, you know. And I think I need to do that to really take on board everything that was discussed shown displayed done adventures that we saw in this particular season and, and it's kind of all accumulated and to the last episode that we've just seen guys so is it a good time to jump into that well, well on on that basis i i'm again calling upon disney calling upon lucasfilm release these as a dvd or, or blu-ray or whatever yeah. just release it on disc and, and do it in such a way that you don't need the recap piece of it. So literally, you, if you want to have each chapter name come up as each chapter begins, fine. But you don't need the recap piece and you don't need the credits at the end. And instead, just run it so it's one one entire, well, maybe two discs, two discs, two movies. And... Uh, how many fans would buy that? And and maybe that's a poll for our... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll put my hands up for the benefit of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a poll for us for, for us to run, to ask people, how many people would buy that as a double box set? Or triple if we get to a, a season three of The Mandalorian? Hell, I'm up for a Blu-ray of both of these seasons and then have the... Um, what's that? What's the, 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 the show that's on Disney Plus at the moment? Where they did it for season Gary. one? Gallery, thank you, yeah. And Gallery for season two is going to come as well, so they're going to go through the whole thing all over again. Christmas Day. I'm fascinated to find out what that's going to be because there are, so. to your point, Ali, earlier on, you know, there's so much interwoven from the 
other stories from the expanded universe. You know, there's so much in there. Those episodes are going to be incredibly eye-opening because this is where we're going to get to the crux of why they made the decisions that they did and where they got the influence. You know, we've spoken about the influences greatly in this season. That show is just going to explain it, and I can't wait to start watching that. So, let's get to the rescue. Um, can, can I just make that, just because you said the rescue, right? I just yeah. want to make this point. Like Dave, Dave just said about all the episodes going through, and he's quite right. I almost feel like the title of each episode gives away too much. Every single one has been so superbly named. And I mean, this is a really yeah. positive criticism. It's so bang on. That, yeah. <laughs> that it's like, oh, it's the Jedi. It's the it's the rescue. Yeah. What's going to happen in this episode? Could there be a rescue at all, guys? It, so, it, I'm just, way, it's really I, well done. But just I, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you fully on that one. That's a very, very good point. I, this final episode, it was a giveaway. The rescue. That implies it succeeds. Maybe it should have been called yes. the attempt or something like that. Because I know it's just one word, isn't it? But yeah, it, it, it is a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I'm just saying they always did it too well. That's all I was I saying. Say, that, that doesn't count as a gripe. That's more of a <laughs> observation. Yeah, it's not a gripe. <laughs> so, so we start the episode, um, and guys, just to. Just as a quick one, Dave, you said you said to me off air, you've seen it now twice. Yeah. You saw it on your own and then you've seen it with the boys. Yeah. Ali, how many times have you seen it? Once or twice? Depends on how you define it. I've seen it all the way through three times, but I've seen the bits that I want to see about <laughs> 20 times. <laughs> right. So, so like you, to... you, you, does that mean that you like this episode then? It means that I like one bit of it. I think there's what what I put about, I put out a tweet since happened saying this is by no means a perfect episode, but it's perfect for me. Take from that what you will. But there, yeah, like I, I I kind of let you finish your bit there, Dave. But I kind of think actually the storytelling is pretty weak in the Mandalorian in general, and the amount of contrived plot flaws to make things happen. You know, I was listening to you guys talking about. Boba Fett leaving his jetpack off and not spending 10 seconds to put it back on. Like, even in this episode, I mean, throughout the entire series, there were way too many of that going on. And that's, that's like, even in this episode, it's it's there way too much. Yeah. But, like, the, the, the thing is, the emotional reaction I got from this episode, one of the reasons I think I've started to dislike a lot of Star Wars is that it just doesn't give me that reaction anymore. It, 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 it's too. It's almost inward looking to such a huge extent that it it doesn't. You don't. I've not had that cheering moment. But well, you got it in this episode. I got it, and but but that but it made me think because it made me understand a bit more why you know you might get that because of your love of the extended universe and Boba Fett. I don't have that. I know to me that guy should be dead and should never return, and that's that's outrageous. To me, Ahsoka should be dead. George Lucas wanted her dead. Filoni kept him alive should be dead to me like because i don't see how that makes episode three better but but and this is where i'm going to contradict myself i got such a buzz off of that episode that i kind of felt like well who am i to say people shouldn't get that buzz over other stuff that i personally really really dislike so without saying something that might be a bit harsh welcome to being a proper star wars fan (laughs) (laughs) it's such a it's it's such a weird feeling when 
something like this happens. And I, I got the same feeling when Darth Maul was brought back to life in the Clone Wars. Now, I'd seen that in the comics. I'd seen it in things that were done before that. So I was fully aware that he'd been done. This had been done. Same with Boba Fett. Brought back to life in the comics and the novels. But for Disney to then, or even Lucasfilm at that point in time, to actually incorporate bringing Maul back in the Clone Wars, and obviously we've now seen Boba Fett is alive, for me as huge fans of them, I I, I cheered. Um, I was very happy. Um, and in this particular episode, there were things that, again, it made it did make me cheer. And, you know, this, and we'll, we'll get to that point in time. Um, but when I was watching it, Catherine, my wife, was in another room on a work call. My door was shut to the room that I was in. The door that she, the room that she was in, the door was shut. She then opened both doors and told me to, can you please shut up because I can hear you and the people on my call can hear you when she was on a call for work. So that just shows you my reaction. So let's get to that. Well, so, the, okay, the, okay. So because <laughs> yeah, I know you want you 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 you, you determined Jumping to jump into it. it. This this was one of those episodes where you just jumped on the bus and let it ride. Yeah. It was one of those episodes. Yeah, I agree. Which is odd because lots of people have been able to do that in the past when we quite honestly haven't. And, like, I'm not interested in sequel bashing in that, but, like, the fact that loads of people could do it with The Last Jedi and none of us could in the end, right? The fact is that, you know, at various times, um, Clone Wars, for example, the last series of Clone Wars where you two loved it, and I felt like, ugh, I feel like they've missed it here at the end. Well, there was a four-episode bit in the middle that I'm not certain about in that. But but, but you see what I mean? Like, there, there's been this thing, whereas I, I just think you're right, Dave. There was there was this strange... There was a strangeness about this film where... Not film, episode, but it felt like a film because of the quality of it and what they right. did, where it just went straight into the action at the beginning. Like, in a, yes. like in a, in a film-doing-well-type way. Yes. Which which was just incredible, and you thought, okay, we're in for something big here. And then you look at the times, and you think that can't be right. This this is a very short episode for what we're about to see, because I'm sure we like, all were kind of then what what this yeah, is yeah. shorter than I expected because the rumors were an hour, and it was you know 33 minutes without the end bit. I think around that. Um, and so yeah, it was. I, I agree with you. I I could let myself go, and for the first time in a long time, I wasn't sitting there thinking. Um, I wasn't thinking, what am I going to say on Sunday on the Jedi Council podcast? Because often when I watch these things, I am taking notes and I'm thinking like that. I'm thinking, how am I going to convey what I feel? And I didn't once. I just I just went for it. And I was just... You just enjoyed I, the ride. I saw, I saw the flaws happening in front of me. And in my head, I was like, that's, that's not right. That's not... But I was like, oh, screw it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't get bleeped for that one. That's fine, right? No, that's allowed. That's allowed. That's not swearing. Okay, that's not swearing. <laughs> It's a different word. Well, yeah, no, the amount, I think there was a few expletives in my um, joy at one point on, on Friday morning as well, (laughs) to be honest with you, but Hey, um, so, and this, this is where I'm going to kind of lean on the two of you because, um, the episode opens, doesn't it? With the slave one. That's fantastic scene. The, the, the thing that I saw as soon as that scene opened and I can't, the cruiser that he's chasing is obviously the same one or similar, to the one that Darth Vader and the Emperor are on when they arrive on the Death Star. Can't remember the name for the ship. It's Lambda Class Shuttle. Thank you very much, the Lambda Class Shuttle. And as soon as it came on, I thought, all right, this is going to be interesting because this is an incredibly well-known ship 
except for the fact I didn't know the name, um, <laughs> in, in the Star Wars universe, highly recognisable. Um, we see Slave One chasing after it, um, and effectively, Doctor Pershing is on the on the the, the Imperial ship uh, with two of the pilots, um, and Boba Fett doesn't doesn't shoot it down. He just disables it which I thought was quite an interesting, but then obviously we see Dr. Pershing on it, and I'm thinking, yeah, he doesn't obviously want to kill him. That's the Iron Cannon on the on Slave One, which lots of people didn't even know the thing had until that second. Correct. And so yeah. lots of people... And what, I mean, you know, I, I'm i not that... I'm not that way enamoured that you are with Slave One and that, right, just, just as a point. But what they showed inside that ship and its manoeuvrability and the way it looked, and particular one scene where it was in front of the cruiser and it came up. Yeah. Him, I was just like, wow. If you're going to do a job, well, this, if you want, sorry, if you want a blueprint of how to do a battle in space well yes. and yeah. then do that, and then when the shuttles were coming out and, and all that, wow. I mean, I, I actually felt there was a, a realism and grittiness to that that sometimes Star Wars kind of lax in a way because yeah. it was so it was so you you saw people prepping and getting ready to for the battle and coming out and fighting say one in the tie yeah. fighters and it's like wow okay this is this is proper this properly is, done well yeah yeah I, this, this is what you want to see in this series and this is what you want to see from star wars going forward you want to see that level of realism in terms yeah. of yeah, that, you know. attention to detail. That's it. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's it, it things like I mean, the, 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 I know what you said about the ion cannon and people. Oh, I didn't realize it would have that. But then, if you think he's a bounty hunter, and the easiest way of capturing someone in space is to disable their engines, use an ion cannon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 that does lead to your point, the the bit you mentioned there, Raddy, where the ship just kind of rises up, and he literally says prepare for boarding and yeah. this is going to like a really lame i got goosebumps when he said prepare for boarding i'm like it's quite sinister it's just him at the front boba fett that is in him um and i just thought okay we're, we're in for a bit of a fun ride now um what one of what okay so at that point when i watched it the second time with my sons one of them turned and said how do they dock where's the docking port on slave one that's a good point i haven't focused <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because the only time we've seen him get on and off the ship is on the ramp yeah so <laughs> and um, that just open your entire ship to, to space exactly yeah well you, you well, have to modif modify your lego uh i was gonna say one day just have a little butchers and find out but it's, it's got... similarly the um lambda class shuttle the way that they get in and out of that normally a ramp there's a well. ramp that comes out underneath it underneath its belly yeah yeah I, I'm gonna imagine it's got to be on the flat side of both. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, belly to belly. Yeah, it's got to be. But that technical technical issue aside, uh, <laughs> we didn't. What happened to just going with it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh come on, we're breaking it down. Never <laughs> well, it, was my, it. it was my kid that asked the question. I was I was on the bus. My kid, my kid was the one who grabbed the. the he pressed bus the bell on side. Yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wow, that's quite an observation though, because yeah, it's, it's very true. And to be fair, I, I just went with it. I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, and then of course the doors open, um, and we see mandalorian with kara yep. and 
it, it, there's then a bit of a hostage situation for for want of a better word um and then we obviously get this is the first point in this show where i thought all right this is going to be some serious star wars where one of the pilots shoots the other one because he was about to give up essentially and i thought that was a bit brutal and i'm like wow it kind of reminded me of rogue one where cassian andor gets the information from his fellow spy and then just shoots him in the back um it's, I thought, it's, it's also like the episode where we saw bo katan again yeah yeah very brutal when the commander uh, shoots his crew that's it yeah and i thought we're we're in well i thought it also just shows actually how ruthless the empire are mm. you know um yeah. it's very much we don't give up our secrets i'm just i'm just going to shoot my co-pilot who thinks he's going to give something out um that that but i find that interesting in itself and i, and I, and I think where we're about to go with this discussion is also going to lead to that point but i've kind of struggled in the series as to why people in the empire still exist in terms of they're not getting paid at the center they're not there's no one putting a gun to their head every single one of those people are doing it because they believe in it for the yes. empire but then you yeah. get these people who we've seen throughout these series who just don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so it was really interesting to see that in this episode, it was like, okay, so you're kind of organised, but here is someone who is a true believer. Yes, who is, Yeah, exactly. And then I'm sure we're about to go into what he discussed. And that was when I was like, oh. And, and I kind of... Okay, so the last episode, again, I wasn't on the podcast. It was, you weren't either, Alex, but, like, it was weird feeling good for Stormtroopers to succeed with yeah. that kind of run. That was a weird feeling. I kind of liked it, though, because it kind of thought, that's kind of interesting. And and here they were talking about the fact that millions of Stormtroopers, yeah. or Imps, as they're being called, they yeah. died. Yeah. They died. Yeah. Loads of people, I mean, probably more died on the planet of Alderaan, but it, it was kind of that that weird kind of, not anti-hero, but, but showing both points of view that discussion which was really i found yeah. it quite enriching actually and i thought it was quite a bold decision but a good one it's quite That's actually what they did in this episode they took yeah. bold decisions they were bold they were. but they kind of paid off for me yeah. they were it was interesting you said it because it's very much that one man's terrorist and another man's freedom fighter you know that yes. that that phrase is very poignant in this because to your point there's that exchange between kara and the it wasn't a stormtrooper, was he? Pilot. It was a pilot. It was a pilot. Where, you know, he was like, I was stationed on the Death Star. She was like, oh, which one? Um, and ha ha ha. Uh, in her mind, anyway. And then he was like, you should have just stayed on Alderaan because I saw your tear. And I was like, mm. this this is the detail that they're going into in just this little exchange, which is incredibly poignant. Um, and you can see kind of the anger and rage kind of building up on her where she just blasts him in the face. And I just thought, okay, we know that she clearly has a, uh, a point that you can push Kara towards before she ends up shooting you in the face. Uh, which, I, would, I would say that was probably the, the, the most emotion we've actually seen on her as an actress ever. Yeah. <laughs> you're thinking of honest trailers, aren't you, Dave? I know exactly <laughs> what you're thinking of because you sent it around. I saw that a couple of months ago, that honest trailer with all the emotional range of cars. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> I, it made her look human, right? Yes. It added that level of sensitivity to her character because yes. all we've always seen her do is shoot people and beat people up. You know, she's got a bit of a soft spot for Grogu, obviously. Um, but nevertheless, we haven't seen that kind of humanity behind the character. And that was that was a perfect depiction of it. Mm. Well, it wasn't humanity. It was kind of rage and murderous. But nevertheless. Um, it's an emotion. 
<laughs> yeah, murder's an emotion, clearly. <laughs> so it's just one of those things. And I, I thought that was really kind of cool. Um, so then we know that they have Dr. Pershing. And then... He's a weird from, character, isn't he? I can't make my mind up if I like him or think he's just really weird. Maybe I just both. wanted to check on that. It's not just me. He gives... He, he gives up information so easily. Oh, yeah. It's just so weird. But then you look at Rogue One, as we know, not my favourite film, but Jin Erso was put in that horrible position with the Death Star where he was fighting against, and you kind of feel like he might be in the same situation. But I'm not sure if that's right. And it's, I, I find him really odd just as a character. And it's like, he's a cloner. Yeah, we knew that ages ago. But then he's like, but here is the way to succeed in your mission. Yeah, that, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Sorry. That, Sorry. I, I, I messaged you, Dave, I was like, and I think Ali as well, I'm like, he gave up that information way too quickly, oh, yeah. way too conveniently. And I think, you know, Ali, to your point, some of the storytelling and the, the mechanisms on which they do it are incredibly convenient. And I think this is one of them. And this was the only, I think this is one of the bugbears, if not maybe the only bugbear I had with this episode, because there was no interrogation. There was no, if you don't get out, if we don't get out of you, we're going to kill you. We but, know who your family are. And I'm like, we'd, be, we'd seen him previously when um, in season one, when the Mandalorian had, had recaptured Grogu the first time. And he took him off him, and he was in the room, and he was literally, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Take the child!" I'm not yeah. So I think, I think he's using the Empire as his vessel, just to allow him to do the research he wants to do. Maybe. I, he's, I don't think he's an Imperial himself, if that makes sense. He just wants to make a living and do science, and this yeah. is a mechanism to do that. Yeah. Did you did you see all the fans who actually tried to work out where? this was taking place because obviously we saw the map and coordinates where Gideon was mm -hmm. and people properly worked it out. It was yeah. one of three planets and one of them was Camino. So he was, yeah. he was very close to where we would understand his work to carry out. So he, he is a really odd one in terms of, he could just be being paid by them to do it. Yeah. He could be a believer, but it's just, it's, it's a flimsy character in my view so far. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind him because yeah, I just see him as he's not even a hired hand. He he's got his own motivations for doing this, and it just aligns to the empire at the point this point in time. Yeah, no, I can I can I can kind of see that, and we have missed out a bit of a chunk actually. So let's take a quickly yes. take a step back. So we then do we know what planet it is that they're on? Where we cut to the scene where you've got. The Lambda well, class. It's the same one, one where they were before. Well, you, you've missed you've missed out on the shuttle. What Caradun does? She shoots which, it. which, yeah, which I thought was a real big thing <laughs> in this type of TV show. Shoots him in the face, and literally, you see him explode backwards, and then Pershing hugging his ear because he's probably singed. The, the interesting part of that, so. Again, maybe this is me going into it rather than just getting on the bus. If it's gone through his face, why wouldn't it have gone through the glass? Yeah, I thought that as well. I thought that as well. And simultaneously, when he shoots his mate, he's standing by the cockpit. Why oh, no, didn't that I go through that. the glass as well? Well, the, I don't know. But, but then lasers oh, would have reflected don't... inside. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, and killed them all. <laughs> you, you don't tend to see blaster fire go beyond what it is, though. 
you don't, you don't tend to see something shoot something behind. It hits whatever it hits, and that, that's the end of it normally. It's a 44-year-old plot flaw. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So, obviously, they, they then land the ship on, on the planet, and we see the lineup. And as soon as I saw the ship on mm. Bo-Katan, I was like, this is where it gets interesting. Um, and this, this for me, this is one of the coolest scenes in, in this particular episode where Mando walks in into the bar or cantina and then all of a sudden you see Boba Fett come next to him and then you just see both of their help no Boba Fett goes in first sorry Boba Fett goes in first and then the Mandalorian comes in after him and then you just see them kind of standing next to each other and I just thought this is genuinely excellent Star Wars because it's it's kind of bringing together the new and the old in a way that probably a lot of people didn't think would ever come to come to fruition but for me being the massive Boba Fett fan that I am I'm like Boba Fett is awesome. But slowly but surely, the Mandalorian is getting up there as a favourite character of mine, exclusive for everyone that's listening. I'm thoroughly on board with what, who he is as a person. I know he's a bit of a... I know he's a bounty hunter and he's killed people, blah, blah, blah. He's a cracking dad, though. But anyway, um, so... so <laughs> better than Han Solo was. Well, better than Han Solo, better than Anakin, better than Palpatine, you know. Um, better so, than Yoda letting his child be taken away like that. <laughs> Oh, let's not get into that. Um, but I've I, always said Yoda's his dad. I've never said anything about it being a clone or any sort of stupid theory like that. Um, really? Really? <laughs> yeah, what? Yoda and the Yaddle love child? That's what I've always said, Alex. I've never made any bold claims to the contrary. Mm, mm. I'm not certain about that one. <laughs> I think we might need to go back to the tape and find out if that's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> you've made a lot of predictions over the past season and not hardly any of them have come to fruition no, but we're not it? talking about that today we will get to the end about just how right i've been from the start of this season well yeah we know fact, you know what of the wall and some of it will one, stick <laughs> one fact one fact out of about 50 of them, of them all the major plot points that you said no apart from thrawn but anyway I let's not let's not, get that. let's not get into that let's not get into that I have fear. Well, he's got to be the one. Okay. Was it? Was it? Mando is a, is a Jedi. No, no, no. Uh, still not proven that he isn't. Gideon, Gideon still is not proven he isn't. Still not proven. Still not proven that those two won't be. <laughs> it, it will be, but anyway. Um, but let's let's continue. So they're obviously in the cantina where <laughs> they see. Now, believe me later. <laughs> Bo-Katan sitting down with. The other person who we initially thought was going to be Sabine, who obviously wasn't Sabine. Um, I can't remember what the character's name is. Guys? Oh, no. Sasha Banks, the wrestler. Yeah, her. Yeah. So that, I mean, I must admit, so then we had the exchange between... Did you wonder where the guy was? The third Yeah, guy? That's, that's, I yeah. did I that, yeah. Um, the third will, maybe it would have been one too many. For the mission, who knows? Okay. But again, this is a good point to talk about. You know how the Sabine Wren rumor that's been doing the rounds for ages, mm-hmm. and I, because okay, we'll talk about it maybe when when they enter the ship and that. But I think that's still a possibility. What that she's out there? No, that she's been in the whole of season two. That you think that? Have you not heard this one? No. no. Oh, okay. So that so you know Gideon, where he's got the um. Almost the the communicator or navigator lady. Oh, the woman that's funny. Her her part is unaccredited. It always says unknown person. 
And people have been speculating for a little while now that she actually has been Sabine in pure oh, sight because so that was the way you could then track down Thrawn properly was oh, by well, having her there. Well, undercover. Yeah. And, like, the fact is, even in this episode, you saw her, but you didn't see her die. Sorry, that, that, sorry I didn't realise you guys hadn't heard that one. Mm. It's an uh, interesting one. I, it's it's I, the unknown character bit, which is, like, the sort of... Mm, about I mean, it she's she's known she, to she would the have empire, a name though she's known to the empire sabine and there's even a oh, couple that of hair it's a great a... disguise alex <laughs> <laughs> well if superman can get away with not wearing glasses yeah exactly. look at her and she's put on a british accent well, clearly, disguise. Yeah. I, I saw another rumor though that the one that you're talking about is cara june's sister oh which is why she again she didn't get killed uh, but why she's been kind of prevalent, because again, she's feeding Kara intel. But if that had the case, then they would have known where Gideon was. Well, yeah, true. But I mean, these are all supposition and rumours, right? So yeah. kind of fan fiction to a certain extent. Yeah, um, right, but a lot of fan fiction does turn out these days. <laughs> in a, in, from a certain point of view. Yes. Absolutely. Indeed. So in the cantina, we see the exchange between... Boba Fett, I, I do like the way he calls Bo-Katan princess. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I think that, that it's it's official then. It's official. Katie Sackhoff is a now a Disney princess. She you guys need to talk to me about this. Go on. You need to talk to me about this. What do you mean? Because I'm very confused. Was Jango Fett the ruler of Mandalore in the comics? No. I have seen no. lots of this that no. in canon... No. That if he got the dark saber, he would actually be the rightful ruler and not her. Well, I don't know if you've seen all this. There's a lot of like, there's a lot. If you've not seen it, go on YouTube. There's a lot of videos which pinpoint the lineage because of this, because of this making of the creed type idea, and the fact that he was part of the group against Death Watch, right, Django Fett, and then he's person who even got killed, and then he went over and he ended up. As leader of Mandal with the Blooming Dark Saber in some of these comics, well, so there's a lot of odd stuff going on here. In 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 those in those comics and in the books, there was hints that the, it, he was always on the foundling side. Mm. Um, that was the way he was always positioned, even before this. As the the Mandalorian has explored that as an idea and the creed and, and what have you, he was always a foundling rather than a pure. Um, blood Mandalorian, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think again, I think it's possibly it's, sort of, sorry, it's it is a lining all, of yeah. different things because it's it's the actual having, winning, owning the black saber that brings the power to Mandalore. Not and then Gideon Which kind of emphasised according to Wikipedia. See, it, it depends on what comic book you're reading, and if it's if it's in a Marvel one or a Dark Horse one. If it's Dark Horse, it's Legends, and therefore it doesn't right it more. Exist. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's legends if it's in a dark horse comic um and then you you, you had um dave filoni himself who trounced all theories yeah that Django was mandalorian because he, he was the one who said no 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 unequivocally he's not mandalorian he yeah. just happens to have the armor yeah exactly and I mean, it's kind of alluded to, isn't it, with the exchange of Bo-Katan kind of not calling Boba Fett, and this exchange not a real Mandalorian anyway. Yes. Oh, that, that was such a great conversation between that really the two was. It was a lot I've of heard Mandalorian. I've that voice before. And... Exactly. I must have went... <laughs> when, when thousand, said, I've heard that voice a thousand, a thousand times. times. When she said I've heard that voice before, I'm like, 
I, it took me about a good couple of seconds to go, oh, of course, yes, that makes perfect sense. Because I was like, you don't know the guy, but, you know, obviously she does. Um, so, therefore, it's, it was such Who's, a... How many thousands versions of that voice? Exactly, yes. so many, you know. And even even if we go back to the um, to the last episode again, Ali, you and I weren't on the show, but where Boba Fett goes, they're going to recognise my yes. face. I'm like, of course they're going to recognise your face, you know. Uh, for, it, it was a two it was a two two pronged message, wasn't it? Because he's known as Boba Fett and he's a bloody clone. Um, so it just, I mean, it's just it was also sorry. It was also when he said. This armor was given to me by my father. Her response, your donor. <laughs> yeah, your donor. I was like, oh, man, she went there. Oh, she went there. That was quite um, an eye-opening exchange, that's for certain. But again, to your point, Dave, it's, it's, it's incredibly poignant because everything that was said is all, <laughs> it's, it's all accurate and it's all real. Um, it just said in such a way, in such a fantastic exchange to then obviously kick off this fight between... Um, between Boba Fett and I oh know she calls him a sidekick, a sidekick. Yes. Oh, sidekick. Oh, She's called him a sidekick. How can she call Boba Fett a sidekick? But actually, in this wow. particular episode, he and series, he is. He's not. He's not the main protagonist, and we'll get to why that's important at the end of the show. Um, but it was such a really good exchange to then. But be honest, Alex. Together. Dave has no interest in that exchange. He just likes seeing Katie sack off, get a little bit, a little bit nasty. Yeah, that's yeah. what Dave was getting all hot under the collar. Do you know what? There was in Lancashire. There was a plume, a plume of heat coming from Ram's Bottom, where Dave. <laughs> and was it wasn't so, a oh, He was loving it. Oh, you can hear, you could hear it from here in London. All we could hear was this echoing of Canary <laughs> Wharf going, "Oh, Katie, oh." <laughs> to be honest, to be to be totally honest, I'll call you princess. <laughs> I I did not expect for Bo-Katan to be in the season again. I didn't. I, I joked. I, I joked with friends that this this final episode might turn into an Avengers assemble, and he's going to pick up a load of, of of characters that had been in the season so far and they were going to use them so, so that that i did, i had had that joke with a friend of mine called anna and we discussed it and i said oh yeah it's going to be a avengers assemble but that was almost tongue in cheek for them to actually see him do that <laughs> it was it was quite an interesting one because to that point we even get the scene where they're obviously, in, in, in Endgame, there's a scene where all the women kind of collaborate and yes. then take on the army. We actually get that in this this you episode do. as well. Um, and the, the thing that I haven't seen, thankfully, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but in that scene, I thought there would have been a bit more of a fan backlash the way there has been about the female ensemble. I've well, not seen anything. I think, and, and I was discussing this with... Because my, my wife was in the room the second time I watched it with the boys. And I commented on what I really loved about that scene where it was the four ladies. Yeah. But unlike what we've seen, maybe, I'm, I'm not necessarily in Marvel, but especially within, within Star Wars, within recent movies, we've seen female leads and strong female characters, but at the expense of the male characters, and deliberately undermining the male characters to bolster the female character to almost to almost imply that the only way that the, the, the female character could be a success would be to chip away and undermine the male character. What we saw in this episode was four independent, strong women who were equals. They, they didn't ask to be an equal. They didn't 
they didn't play up to being equal. They were just considered equals by everybody on screen. And so it was a case of, right, this is what we'll do. And all the blokes in the room said, that's a good idea because you are good. <laughs> I mean, that's a few days. This is all down to casting. And Alex, Alex and I kind of actually had a little side chat about this earlier. It is believable that those four ladies and us three lads in a room, we might not walk out alive. It's genuinely <laughs> believable that they would absolutely kill us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're, 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 you know, they are perfectly cast. Whereas some of the casting before... You yeah. question it, yeah. And I mean, let, let, let's I'm put this into, any names. No, no, but let's put this into context, right? You've got Natasha. What's her name? The the other Mandalorian. Romanov. <laughs> no, wrong wrong franchise. Um, it's pretty much uh, similar these days. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but she she's a WWE wrestler, a pro yeah. athlete. Sasha yes. Banks. Natasha Banks, thank you. Sasha. Got, Sasha. 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 Banks. Sasha. Sasha, I'm Natasha. Well, Sasha, sure. Anyway. Oh, uh, that's why I didn't realise. <laughs> she is a um, ex-WWE champion, champion athlete, current champion. I don't watch wrestling, so yeah, fine. Thank you. Cara June is obviously Gina, who is ex-UFC, stunt-done action movies. We've then got Ming-Na Wen, who is basically Agent May from S.H.I.E.L.D. She is also... Uh, she was also Chun-Li in the Street Fighter movie, The Voice of Mulan... She's an action movie hero, let's she, be honest. She's a martial artist as martial well. Martial artist, yeah. And then we've got Katie Sackhoff, who basically runs things. So you've got an ensemble of, to your point, Ali, very well cast, accurate, who are basically just there because they are good. And to your point, Dave, you know, and there was no, there's been no kickback on this and that pleases me greatly there's been kickback about other stuff and i'm sure we'll get to that but nevertheless for this it's been fantastic to see the acceptance and appreciation of what is on screen yeah it's taken yeah. an hour alex to get to the first 10 minutes so i'm not convinced we will get there we may need a part <laughs> we may need a part two just for the ending on its own potentially yeah. um but yeah so obviously they're on this ship they they come up with this plan um and this is then where we start getting into the action where I haven't missed out anything of where they're in hyperspace. Nope. So, oh, oh, he calls it jump space. Jump? Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Boba Fett. Boba Fett calls it jump space. Yeah. It's actually quite a nice way to say it. I kind of like yeah. it. We're in jump space. It's, it's like a, a colloquialism, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. But but there are lots of colloquialisms, aren't there, in this, which yeah. is kind of nice. Is it like I mean, a that Jack Farrick one annoys me. Do I get bleep for that one? Well, nobody knows what it means. Excellent. Dave, you're a dank Farrick. It's, it's, it's clearly it's seen as a, I'd, I'd as a way of expressing, yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> nobody knows what, that's a hell of a lot of beeping if we do find out what it means, but anyway, <laughs> um, so with it, they're obviously in jump space, um, where they come up with this plan to show they're chasing after this and they're going to go ahead and land, um, and I found this piece in particular quite interesting because the chase itself is cool, but then how the TIE fighters launch Yes, from the cruise, the light cruiser was really. I've never seen anything like this on any other ship, David. No, Rebels. Rebels? Well, where we've seen star destroyers, star destroyers tend to fire or drop the ties down, Mm. and they come out the base. 
what what this reminded me of, and and this was almost this is like a carryover from the Katie Sackoff thing. It was almost like the launch tubes from Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if either of you have ever seen that. So the way that the the colonial Vipers, which is their their fighter ships, they're launched from the larger battle star, which is almost like a star destroyer style ship. Mm. And what they have is almost like um, magnetic catapults that hurtle the ship out. And the, the launch tube which is, is exactly similar the same. to this. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when you think of the the cruisers that are in like Clone Wars. Mm. That that the um, that the Republic have the top opens and they um, come out yeah. and then they and then they fly out. Um, whereas obviously to your point, Dave, we've seen with other Tie Fighters, even with even in in the first order in the sequel trilogy, they just go out. Yes, uh, it's it's as simple as that. Whereas this is very much a single point of exit and a single point of entry to a certain extent. A slight flaw. Do you know, do you know who <laughs> yeah. designed those Battlestar Galactica? Ships, Dave, in the original. Sorry, what was that? You, you... Do, do you know who designed them? The, the ships in the original Battlestar Ralph Galactica. McClory. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I was like, oh. Yeah. So that I just yeah. was like, because I thought that was a really cool tie-in. I thought that was really cool. Oh, so there's a similarity straight away. You know? Yeah. Um, but again, watch is... out on this criticism, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count as a criticism? Well, I thought you were about to say about a poor design ship. <laughs> Well, it was a flaw. It's a flaw. Let's be honest, because one way in and one way out, it's a little bit of a. Well, yeah. come on, let's be. Let's get real. And it's, it's clearly. A <laughs> well, it clearly shows that. And but before we get to that, I do like the way Boba Fett basically just takes them all out. Yeah. <laughs> they come out. They go after me. Just like bang, bang, bang. The yeah. cameras come on, and he's like, "All right, I'm off. See you later. Yeah. My, my, my part in this, 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 this is done." He, he goes from being useless sh- shooting this this slow shuttle. Yeah, completely <laughs> literally. It. He's gone from a stormtrooper to a uh, Boba Fett to, to Boba Fett. Yeah, and, and I must admit, I do like the fact that this is going to sound really weird because everybody knows how much of a fan I am, and, and you are of Boba Fett. You know, I'm actually glad that he's played his part and then he left. Yes, I, I thought that was a good use of his character but to then progress the story the way it needed to. Yes. And it also avoided a very uncomfortable confrontation that could have potentially happened at the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm sure I know you from somewhere. <laughs> you, can ima- you can imagine how that would go, right? Let's be honest. Um, but let's get to that again in a minute. So he then does that. They crash their ship. and I thought that was great, the way that they crashed that. That, that was like a controlled crash. It, and, it was. And it, it was a case of, um, we're coming in. We're coming. No, do not come in. Do not come in. It's too late. <laughs> we're coming, coming in. in. <laughs> yeah. No, I fold up the it. wings and then just fly straight down the gullet. And, Even, and again, one one of my boys just turned and said, "That's not a bad landing, all things considered." <laughs> they were going not for, not necessarily at full speed, but even even when they closed the wings, it was literally just before they got <laughs> to the thing. So the back end of it had a little bit of a clip, um, just to make it look like they timed it not necessarily just right, but almost just right anyway. Um, so for me, that was that was a great way that they landed, and then came out all guns blazing. That was, and again, I think one thing that I noticed in that, and and it's the it's the the Sasha Banks thing, how physical she is as an actress. Yeah. Because we we saw her in the fight with Boba Fett earlier, where they were trading blows. Yeah. Yeah. But then when we saw them come down the gangplank of the 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 shuttle into the 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 loading bay or the 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 launch bay or what have you, um. The, the way that Bo-Katan had fired her 
um, lasso type thing. It had wrapped the stormtrooper up. And then Sasha Banks just basically used a jetpack and flew into him yes. knee first. First, and took yeah. him out. I thought, that's good. I just Googled her. Her character's name is Cosca Reeves. So I need to remember that for the future rather than just saying Cosca. her. Cosca. Um, but yeah, I thought the the kind of fight scene, as it were, and, the, and the, the all guns blazing, where helmets on, guns out, blasters out, was very, again, quite in keeping to a certain extent with the whole Western way. You know, guns were out, they were shooting here, there and everywhere, ducking around, rolling around. It did seem to be quite on par with a really good action sequence but it was also very much and i think i can't remember if i said this i said this to you that it was very much grown-up star wars at that point because yes. that they, they were basically taking no prisoners they were just shooting everything and basically killing everything in inside oh, yeah, yeah. yeah this this episode from start to finish has been a much more mature context 100 percent yeah, you, you know, at the start of the episode, I think all season long it's been 14 plus, hasn't it, in yeah. the top left. And while I think to get a 15, you actually have to show blood. I think that, that's kind of the classification that yeah. has to be blood. So they can't give it a 15, but it's close enough to being a 15 yeah. and quite a grown up. You know, the only non-PG Star Wars, I think, was Revenge of the Sith, wasn't it? Revenge of the Sith was a 12 plus, I think it was when it got released. And that's the only non PG or U Star Wars. No, no, the, um, all the new ones are 12 pluses. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I don't know if that's in part because the way that movies are classified now, maybe because there never used to be a 12A, did there? Yeah. The 12A, that's it. The 12A. There never used to be a 12A. It used to be PG and then it went to 15. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. So, whereas this kind of slots bang in the middle, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, And I think kind of having that mature content was both eye opening to one extent, but also dare I say it real to another yes. because yeah. there was no way I mean if they put their blasters to stun I mean yes. yeah it would stun them but ultimately nothing's going to be achieved well they're all warriors as well I mean that's the thing they, they want to kill these people especially the likes of Kara <laughs> um, you know maybe not necessarily kind of Fennec but because saying that after seeing the trailer of the bad batch she might be a bounty hunter in there god knows yes. um but let's talk well, about she, well, she had a bounty on her head didn't she she did yeah that's it so therefore you was she part of the bounty hunters guild from that episode in season one no she, she was, was on the run yeah. from the bounty hunters guild yeah so therefore but that could be because she broke the rules like like um the mando did I'd like to see more of her backstory, to be honest with you, uh, before right, she came right. before she came part droid. Um, or, no, not droid. What's the word I'm looking for? Cyborg. Cyborg, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got this amazing scene where they go ahead and kind of storm the bridge. And then they cut back to the Mandalorian sneaking around, which, <laughs> which is quite a juxtaposition between the two different types of, of kind of scenes that we're in. But this... This scene where he kind of goes down the ramp and he's hiding, he's trying to not make as much noise, kind of takes me back to season one, where there's an episode where he's doing very similar to that, and it reminded me of Batman. And I don't know why, but I got the Batman feel because Batman obviously creeps around in the dark, he's a detective, he doesn't 
kill anyone, unlike what the Mandalorian clearly does. Uh, but nevertheless, there's still like comparisons where he's trying to be sneaky and this, that, and the other. And I still got the Batman vibes in this particular scene as well. And I've got no idea why. For, for me, it was more like when we saw Luke on um, Bespin, when yes. he was sneaking through Cloud City and trying to avoid the stormtroopers. Before he got too late and they started shooting at him. Yes. Yeah. Although conveniently missing, so Darth Vader could capture him. But anyway, um, so I, I did like the juxtaposition between the two, um, and I think this is obviously this is where it then starts to get interesting because the one thing that I did notice as soon as he started to walk down the ramp was he's got the spear. He did. And this, this is where I actually thought I really miss him having his gun. The 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 blast that was clearly on um, his ship. His ship that got destroyed. Um, you know, that would have been an interesting weapon. But nevertheless, I don't think you would that, that that weapon would not have got him anywhere against um Gideon. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but nevertheless, it was interesting the way he kind of navigated his way to find the child. Um, and then of course it kind of cuts back to they take the bridge, the four amazing women that we do have, and he's not there. Um and you can even kind of see it in Bo-Katan's like, well, where is he? Yeah, I think she even says that, doesn't she, at one point? She's like, well, where, where, where's, where's Gideon? Where's Moff yeah. Gideon? Um, and I think this is then where we start to see the, the kind of conflict and how the story builds to get to the point where Mandalorian um, actually has the Darksaber, and we'll get to that in a minute as well. But we then see the child. Mm-hmm. Or we, see, we see the Mando fight off. Yes. One of the dark troopers. Yes, Dave, take it away. Well, as he's sneaking through, the, the one of his key tasks is on the way to where they think Grogu will be held, is he, he will go past the doors that lock the death troop, the dark troopers out of the main ship. So his task is to lock the door before they can get out and before they're activated. And, and he cuts it about as fine as he can and manages to, to flip the switch to lock the door, but one of them gets its hands through in time and manages to pry the doors open wide enough for it to get through. Even as he's walking towards the door, he's even saying, no, 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 yes, no. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and so, yeah, so he faces off against the Dark Trooper, one-on-one. And let, let's be honest, at one point, gets absolutely whooped. Oh, yes. Yes. Go on, Ali. Okay. Is, is it not at this stage a little bit annoying that nothing can kill this man? Like, he, he is very nearly Superman with his ability to be shot at consistently by stormtroopers when they're missing everyone else. <laughs> We've now seen his head rammed, I can't tell you how many times, into the bulkhead of a ship where the ship bends itself <laughs> and the man's undamaged. Like... We saw in the last episode, even without his armor, when he had stormtrooper armor, well, that doesn't matter. He can just smash up a load of pirates, no problem, hand to hand. Like, this man is literally unkillable at this point. Like, the, he's either walking through a desert or being beaten up. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing. I, on, on that point, I love the part where the robot was pounding his head through the bulkhead. <laughs> And and that reminded me of an Avengers moment. Yeah, I think it was an Ultron. Yes, there was some of yeah. that. Yeah, but, and my my 
head. Yeah, I understand why he didn't die. It's no, I understand why he didn't die. Because of the best, of the best like, car. But, there is, yeah, but that's yeah, the thing, isn't it? Everything's that. like best car. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for all these years of watching Star Wars and watching all these people die amazing all these different ways, no one once said, ah, best car. Best car. <laughs> It's, it's it's funny you say that because Beskar has always Beskar. been known in in the EU and the comics and the novels as the only thing that doesn't basically the only thing that can protect you from a lightsaber. That's kind of been set in stone for for years. And you've also got that was it cortosis weave as well. So you've what got weapons that cortosis. That's from a specific set of books, isn't it? That's from Knights of the Old Republic. And also, the manga guard have cortosis force staff things that allows them to fight against Jedi. So yeah, so there's 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 only one or two things that can protect you that much, and it's clearly that Beskar is bulletproof as well, and and hammerproof as well. <laughs> as, there's literally as... nothing. It, it... That if Wolverine turned up, it'd be a heck of a fight between him and the Mandalorian of them just having scratching metal as what's it called? Alamantium versus Beskar, yeah. just like eh, 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 can't be killed, can't like, be killed. Oh, it's stick, bloody tremendous. It's... Sticking Captain America's vibranium shield, and you've got a right proper ding dong with three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> donk, 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 donk. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. <laughs> Interestingly, though, what what was kind of made me laugh about this? Obviously, we've seen him have his uh, blaster bolts deflect off of him. Captain Phasma, right, in the sequel trilogy. Yes. Her armor isn't made from Beskar. No. It's made from a, a Naboo fighter. Yeah. Question. It's that that's the Naboo fighter or the similar kind of material, as it were, for Padme's ship, right? Yeah. Why on earth does it have shields? If it can deflect blaster bolts, now I mean, because well, maybe a ship. Alex, are you are you saying we can start hating on the sequel trilogy right now? No, 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 Dave. No. I think he just gave us. <laughs> I think he just gave me right. right oh. No, no. Okay, to to answer that is is it's one thing to deflect a blaster shot. It's quite another thing to deflect a a capital ship. Gun. Yeah, no, maybe I'm a bit, maybe I'm a little bit too harsh in that respect. But anyway, that's that was it was just as I was watching it and kind of afterwards, I'm like, well, Phasmas can deflect a blaster because Finn shoots her, and I'm like, well, what about anything else? Who knows? Maybe her armor can deflect um, lightsabers as well. But then when you see um, stormtroopers and other other people shooting um, blasters inside spaceships. If the spaceship's hull couldn't stop a blaster, then you're going to destroy everybody on that ship. Ah, true. So, so I'm assuming a blaster, a ship's hull is stronger metal than standard metal. You'd hope so, otherwise these ships would not last. No, they would long in space. No, You'd shoot so. them from the inside. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so he then goes one on one with the dark trooper and ends up beating him because he shoves a, the spear through his face. Uh, he tried everything. He'd used his guns. He'd yeah. used his rocket launcher. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this flamethrower, and nothing seemed to work. The bit that I really found was quite cool about this whole scene was the way that the dark troopers got prepared for battle, because there was a whole like sequence, wasn't there, where they charging. were uh, charging them up. There was these these kind of like tubes that were in their chest that, when it got to a certain point, they just kind of popped out. 
um, which I thought was very cool, Ali. The fact they said that they were phase three was yes. really interesting yes. as a point. Sorry, I didn't think we covered it, so I just felt it, that's kind of important because yes. you guys have both mentioned it in the past. Because that, 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 well, that, that's the strange thing because we'd said it looked like phase three, but when you when you look at the EU's version of how it went from phase one to phase three, phase one and phase two were just droids. Phase three was also an exoskeleton as well as a droid, which allowed a, a, a human pilot of the suit, almost like an Iron Man suit. And it's interesting that the way that it's been phrased by by Pershing, because it was Pershing who explained there were phase threes, yep. it was almost implying, well, in phase three, we've removed the human, the, the human elements. So phase one and two were obviously human armor. Phase he, three is a pure droid. Didn't he call it the failure? Yes, or something yes. of a word yes. to that. Effect. Yeah, literally said we removed the failure, the human yeah. failure in that by sticking a person in there. Yeah. It's, it's no longer as effective as it should be. Going full on droid, you've yeah. got a killing machine, which worked yeah. so well first time round in the Clone Wars. Well, yeah, or well, quiet. Yeah. Although it's interesting because obviously the way that we saw with the the, the Mando, basically to your point, Dave, trying everything to take him out and it didn't work. Whereas, so you'd have to question what what is the dark trooper made of first and foremost. Yes. Yeah, yes. What what again is that? Well, it's not Beskar. It can't be Beskar. Um, it would have to be maybe it's a Naboo ship. Who knows? But I just painted black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, it did have quite a good way to set that up, and even it, it kind of reminded me of General Grievous in a way where he got the, the flame on the, the stomach and even that didn't stop him the way when Obi-Wan shot Grievous um, and he well, set on fire basically that did, that did work and that clearly did work so again it's kind of interesting the way things have kind of evolved in this particular droid uh, and then we do obviously see him beat him press the button and then they all go floating out into space to which, again, my child, or one of my two children, at that point said, well, they're just flying through the bottom. <laughs> I must admit, at that point, did either of you go, well, that's a waste? Or did you turn around and go, well, they're going to come back at some point? I did the second bit, but I also thought that if they're going to come back, it should be roughly about 10 seconds after they left. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just floating in space thinking, should we fire our boosters? Nah, don't worry about it. Nah, nah, we're just... <laughs> I, I've got a feeling there's a plot line developing just in there, so we're just going to let that happen. That, 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 that's going to be allowed. They'll, they'll, they'll come pick us up after the battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, a, Gideon's all right. No problem, no problem. It's fine. <laughs> I, I must admit, I thought they just hadn't finished calibrating properly, but they clearly had done. Otherwise, one of them wouldn't have been able to have had a fight with yeah. with Dinjarin. So, um, and then of course he finds Grogu. Grogu's not alone, um, and he's with Gideon with a dark saber. Again, Gideon trying to play mind tricks. Yeah, I know who you're with. Um, I only want the kids. You can take How? the kids. How does he know, though? That's what I wondered. Well, I'll I, I tell you one thing that was also mentioned in this episode, which was something that I'd said previously. He's ex-ISB. Yeah, that yes. was mentioned. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. he is military. Yeah, that was before That was before they, like Finn, realised he was Force-sensitive. Just took him a while, like Finn. Don't worry, Dave. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry, Dave. It's coming. <laughs> Just Finn again. Don't worry. Don't worry, Dave. It's there. So... Did either of you believe Gideon was going to just let him take the kid and run away? I did. I did. Oh, no. dude. I did. Because I thought at that point, I thought, 
he knows that he knows Mando's a better fighter if he knows everything, and he knows that Mando's not likely to kill him. So just let him go and live another day. Do your experiments that you've already spoken to him about. You've got his blood, and clearly that blood's enough because it's very unlikely that the Empire or whoever it is get the hand of Baby Yoda off of Luke's oh. <laughs> off of whoever turns up at the end so like <laughs> so, but, like, so but, he, he'd accomplished everything so I was like yeah fine let him walk well two, two things here Ali one I'll never ever let you negotiate for me because you'll obviously believe anything the other person Dave, says Dave I have negotiated a superb Brexit trade deal for this country over the last four years <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it oven ready I, I believe so i believe so i'm doing a great job so far i've sold off ten thousand fish for a packet of toblerone and a packet of fags <laughs> oh, great decision that's reduced in tesco i know where you got that from <laughs> it was for the benefit of the listeners i am eating a, a a tube of toblerone at the moment that was actually it was actually a substitution in, oh. my, in my, I didn't ask for this. I asked for a Terry's chocolate orange instead. I would not be having it. Oh, well, I suppose value wise. Yeah, oh, I'm well there. That, that Toga run was a fiver. Terry's chocolate orange was a pound. Mate, it's not, it's reduced. It's two quid in Tesco. Oh, happy days. <laughs> Souls. Um, that, that. Uh, I listened to your last podcast and it was all on form and going in the right direction. I bet you no, missed no, those yeah. days. <laughs> we then get involved and all of a sudden you get divergence about Toga run and Terry's chocolate orange. <laughs> so. <clears throat> to your point Ali though I, I didn't think he would roll over for want of a better word and no. my my thought was that he's got the dark saber he knows the power of a lightsaber for I can just chop him chop him in half yes boom take him out and therefore that removes one problem and I've still got the kid that was my yeah. thought and obviously that's kind of how it turned out where they had a bit of a fight and you could even see it in Gideon's face a little bit every time he was dinging him with a lightsaber, and it, he was a bit like, "Hold on a minute, why is this not working?" Um, but, but he obviously, sorry, he obviously did it because he knew he was the worst fighter, fighter, and he needed to blindside him. Like if they straight off yes. went for it, he would lose. So yes. he obviously kind of was using some tactical nows there to try and get him off his guard, and thought, "That's I've got one shot at this, and once it's yeah. gone, I'm in trouble." Because yes. he knows Beskar; he's the one who gave the Beskar to him. We don't necessarily know that it's it's lightsaber proof. Yeah. Because how many people what He got it the, from Mandalore. But but he yeah, got but, the dark saber from Mandalore. I'm pretty sure he would have tried a good old swing on one of those. Yeah. If, mm, if, possibly, if you if you oh, well, he literally had to win it off someone according to the new law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to so someone so someone he, he swung it at someone in the day. No, I, it, I well, not necessarily he might have nicked it. Because he isn't Mandalorian, so he's not bound by the honor code. He yeah, just, he might have taken it off a dead body. Just, he might have just nicked it. Well, yeah. but we know Bo Katan had it last, so we know he took it off her. Not necessarily. It could have been on display somewhere. She might have just. Had <laughs> I love that. It's like the crowd jewels as you go past yeah. the little escalator, and here is the dark saber. <laughs> Mate, I've got I, I've got my lightsabers on my wall. Someone could easily walk into my geek room and nick them off the wall. Everything we've seen about the dark table, we just know they don't ever not have it on them if you're ruling man's law. <laughs> but anyway. That is a story that needs to be told. Let's yeah. be honest. So anyway, maybe we'll get that as a flashback in season three. Who knows? Um, but they also have that little fight. And I do like the way the Mando ends up using the spear as like a bow staff. I did really like that. And that goes back to my love of Darth Maul with a double-bladed lightsaber and Donatello from the Turtles. The whole bow staff thing <laughs> was fantastic. Um, and he obviously bests him um, as Eventually. Well, eventually, which is what, good. 
I was impressed how well Gideon was with a lightsaber. Yes. Because from what we've heard, it's it's it takes a lot of mastery to be able to use a lightsaber about chopping your own arm off. Well, let's let's look back to Rebels when Sabine has it. You know, yeah. um, when what's his face? Uh, Ezra. No, no, it's not Ezra that teaches how to use it. Is it? it's um More. the blind the blind guy. Oh, uh, um, Kanan. Kanan, thank you. Wow, yes. I'm losing names left, right, and center today. Yeah. Kanan trains her how to use it. And there's a conversation where the lightsaber is quite heavy, but then when you're full, when you get tuned to it, it becomes lighter. And for Gideon, it just looked like he was using a like a fencing sword. He was quite yeah. quite capable. I'm going to bring it up again. Carlo Esposito, before the season began, said, and we didn't find it out that we would find out his link between the character of Gideon and Darth Vader. He said that, which is where I got this force sensitivity stuff from. There is something there in that link. It's obviously probably not force sensitive, but there I is think. something there. And the way he dresses is such oh, a yeah. homage to Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. There is something there that we're going to find out at some point, I think. He's more of a fanboy than Kylo Ren. He might even pop up in a, what do you call it? And more capable than Kylo you know, Ren. In, a, in the Obi-Wan series, he might pop up there. If Hayden Christensen's there. Did you just say that Moff Gideon is more capable than Kylo Ren? Yeah. If you can, if you consider, he manages to do all of that with no force ability. I've never heard of anyone doing that before, Dave. <laughs> I'm not getting into the sequels. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, so he's obviously captured Gideon, rocks up to the bridge, and this is where it starts to have a bit of a heated tension um, based on the fact that Mandalorian rocks up waving the... Uh, dark saber mm. um and this is where it starts to get interesting because we now know obviously every, all the doors are shut and whatnot and then there's a bit of a conversation between Bo-Katan and gideon piping up and Bo- oh, and, oh yeah I, I like that i, yeah, I did like the way the he was yeah, yeah seeding the conversation Oh, she's not just going to take it from you <laughs> that's the but thing. he knew that before the fight took place and he knew that she was on the ship. Moff Gideon. Yeah, he did. He did. He mentioned that. It's a weird kind of setup in a way that he he kind of gave it up to your point about obviously being quite competitive with the dark saber. There's still something in there that doesn't quite add up to me the way that all happened. Do you not think it was a convenient way for him to kind of stir trouble amongst the people? he's fighting against because if he can get Bo-Katan to take out the Mando or the Mando to yeah. take out Bo-Katan it's one person yeah. for him less to worry about yeah potentially two but I, I, I just I, I just feel like there's there's a lot more to this character to come that we're just not quite seeing yet yeah I just I've just got mm. I mean well, I've seen, it could be one thing I'm on about but I've just got a feeling yeah. he's a bit like you know how the how the embryo has these plans and they turn out it's a bit like that with this incident like he knew where it was going uh, i know i know what's going to happen go on i'll tell you is exactly. he full sensitive alex no he's not full <laughs> sensitive. he's, he's gonna go all scooby-doo what he's gonna, pull off his, he's, he's gonna pull off his face and he's gonna be thrown underneath it because he's predicted everything that's happened that's just ridiculous that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah I can't I believe saying, I have to share a show with such unprofessional fools with these ridiculous opinions, <laughs> listeners. Uh, Who would have thought you are going to get a Scooby-Doo reference in a Star Wars show? Come on. Well, I, I reckon he escapes next season. 
So it's funny you say that because he did an interview recently, I think it was in Variety magazine, where he says, I get a lot more screen time in season three. I I reckon he escapes or or he's sprung or something. Yeah. Maybe Boba Fett rescues him. Well, that data went somewhere. Yeah. I I think that data went straight to Thrawn. Yeah. Or um, Exit, whatever it is. Exegol. Oh, that's that's true. By a Thrawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that Thrawn is an entirely separate story. I think it will be. I think it's the not the two that there was literally the Ahsoka piece, and I don't think other than that those those two stories will touch each other again. Well, we know through, we know Ahsoka's got her own show. Yes, that's and what that, I think, and that will be where they explore Thrawn. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and it makes more sense as well because then we don't get the Rebels live TV show oh. in the Mandalorian, but we just get yeah. it somewhere else. I really, I disagree with that. I, I think, I think we have seen the proper beginnings of the Marvel, of the Marvel well, storytelling, well, and I think we're going to see these characters pop up all. Well, over they've said the that shop. that's going to happen. They said that's going to happen, didn't they? They said that the Ahsoka, the Rangers of the New Republic, and yeah. the Mandalorian are all going to converge. Yeah. Well, even, even what's, even, but I'll save this point to the end. But the other revelation, <laughs> um, the showrunner for the Mandalorian is the same person who will be doing said new thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's four. Yes. Yeah. But there's no, there's no reason why they can't touch each other. They don't necessarily need to have <clears throat> important. It's going to be like the defense alignment. It's going to be like Daredevil, yeah. Luke Cage, Iron yes. Fist, and Jessica Jones. They've yeah. got their own shows, and then they'll come together for one season, which was the Defenders in this particular example, for like four or five episodes. Or I think it might be more DC with crossover I events. DC. I was thinking DC. Like yeah. that, you know, the big Arrowverse crossover events yeah. that happen every That's so often. I mean, if, if it works, I'm down for that. Yeah. Because, what I, I might, we're, we're going completely off all the territory now. What? But it could I'm be, gonna... yeah, it could be that the Ahsoka show that we ne- see is actually starts before she teams up with Mando. I, yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be a lead up. It will either be a lead up to how it was on the name of that planet that i've yep. forgotten um or it'll be oh, no. or, or it'll be the continuation after it once yes. she leaves it i don't know it's, I, I, I think, I think it'll start it. just before yeah and then we'll see her on that planet and then do something with um diane the the the, the lady that she fought and take take the story on from there so oh, can't find you're both incorrect once again <laughs> well, it's clear from the logo that the that that world between worlds is going to feature in that Ahsoka. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, of course. And there's going to be a lot that is going to start around that time travel. Time travel is going to be involved in it, and what happened. And then we've got the sister following her around. We saw that in the live action. The with daughter. The, sorry, daughter. Yeah, sorry, the daughter. I think we're get, we're in for a heck of a ride with some, um, which is not a bad thing, by the way. That kind of mythological theory yeah. of Star Wars in that mysticism. Well, yeah. even her even her belt buckle is the the world between worlds. Yeah, yeah I think we're in for something there, which is going to be very interesting. Maybe they use the world between worlds to find Thrawn. Possibly. Well, Ezra Ezra's the one who opened it. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. Well, we're we talking about the Mandalorian. Back to we the Mandalorian. <laughs> so then, obviously, Mando and Bo-Katan have a bit of a standoff. There's the whole exchange around. She won't take it from you. She has to beat you. Yeah. He's like, I don't really care for it. Just take it. And there's that. Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. And this brings up another interesting point in where, in Rebels, 
Sabine, I knew you was going to say that. Sabine has the black saber, dark saber, and then goes, by the way, you can have it. I don't want it. Bo-Katan goes, you know what? Great idea. I'll have it. I'll go and run Mandalore. See you later. <laughs> Why is this such a big deal? And, now, and Sab- Sabine was a genuine daughter of Mandalore. She, she's more entitled to it than bloody Din Djarin is. Let's yes. be honest. So, guys... Help me understand this if you can, or if you don't agree with me. Why well, is it such a big deal? I know it's to create dramatic tension. I know that, it's, for I me, get it. That, that was the hole in this episode for me. It's, Just because we already knew. And, and I get the fact that the live action stuff is appealing to a brand new fans, not, not just the, the established fans who've watched Clone Wars and, and Rebels, because a lot of the fans still consider them, well, they're just cartoons, they're kids shows. And I know that that is still a theme that's used by some people. And so potentially, because this is the first live action, they can create their own new mythology that goes around everything so i get that but it's still at odds with what we what we do know is supposedly canon but it also keeps happening mm. it's not a one-off yeah. this is not a one-off this this is this is in i'm gonna call it the feloniverse <laughs> <laughs> and and it keeps happening no, no, no we can't call it that because if we shorten it, it'll be the fu excellent <laughs> well it's the right fu to me sometimes i tell you alex <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's what we do reverse this. The, the FU. FU. <laughs> <laughs> Since 2015, post George Lucas, it's the FU of a. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> can, can I just point it, Dave? That wasn't you or me, right? That was Alex. That was Alex. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> One big FU to all you fans out there. <laughs> it's a big FU. Yeah, quiet. Me, this has gone off piece. Many, yeah. many people actually thought there wasn't enough FU to begin with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to a certain extent, there was a bit of an FU in the in the Rise of Skywalker, but that's that's a lot. There wasn't uh, enough FU, of course. Oh, quite a lot, yeah. People wanted more FU. He, they wanted more F. No, they do. Yeah, they've got ten FUs because there's ten series. <laughs> <laughs> but where were we? Um, oh yes. So therefore, we know that there's the standoff. We understand why it. Doesn't, it doesn't, no, we don't. It doesn't retcon it. It just doesn't explain it, nor does it have an understanding. And to your point, Ali, I get it. It's Dave. You know, it's around creating a new, a new universe, if you want to call yeah. it that. Not an FU, um, <laughs> but it's for the people. Well, 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 the rebels and Clone Wars were both FU as well. They were indeed, and that, that's that's, that, that's of... what I was saying. Like that, that's what we were saying. Like that, it's 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 very odd. Like if the, if this was a mistake from a comic or a book yes. or something like that, with a different what? author, with a different creator, yeah, it's a now, bit more understandable. But this is a bit, this is a bit on the nose do we, do we, do because we, it's so... such a huge plot point, and it's clearly the plot yes. point which is going to take this entire series forward. Three. That yeah. that either there is a confrontation, and one of those two characters die or or they find peace because of it yeah. and either one of those is just an unnecessary um yeah. Yeah. diversion plot, 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 from the simple problem. thing that, that that happened a plot a few... contrivance yeah exactly it's just it's just silly it's silly and then after that we see the re- <laughs> we see the return of the dark troopers yes where they, eventually they, when they eventually, think you know what no one's yeah. coming to pick us up we better get back there yeah uh yeah there's no there's no ship coming oh yes we can fly ourselves let's do that 
Um, so they then basically reappear. Um, what, 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 what is it? So on the scanners, they're like oh, multiple life forms. Or like, no, multiple Boarding. something. They've got yeah. through the blast shields. How many yeah. life forms? How many life forms? None. None. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they then come on board. And then again, there's this scene, you know, where they're trying to close the blast doors. And then two of them are basically smashing these doors. Uh, Hulk smash, um, you know, and then this, this is, I think this is where, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is now where it gets interesting for a lots lot of, of lots of reasons and for lots of people. And here's where I want to get the take from you two. So I'll give mine at the end, but <clears throat> this is where we see an X Wing. Hmm. And even Cara nails it. She's like, what does she say? Something along the lines of one X-Wing. Great. That's going to help. That's going to help. <laughs> and I'm like, you have no idea who is on the X-Wing. No. And now at that yeah. point, at that point, did either of you know, well, guess, no, whatever word you want to use. Did you think that is either Luke, Ahsoka, and or someone else? I thought it was Luke, right? But I didn't believe it was Luke. Okay. If that makes sense. I yeah. thought it was Luke, but I wasn't prepared to believe that they were going to take that gamble when Ahsoka's out there. And, you know, we've got Boba Fett, who's just gone off somewhere and decided to leave it all and not come back, which is a bit weird, by the way, just as a plot. Um, but anyway, he definitely comes back at some point but, to pick someone well, up. But it's kind of weird that he never came back to the rescue yeah. for that. I, I, I thought it was Ahsoka. And to go back to my comment earlier with the Avengers Assemble idea, I thought potentially Bo-Katan had got in touch with Ahsoka because they're obviously in touch. And so she'd she'd come late to the party. So from the second, though, Dave, OK, in all sense, from the second that first trailer came out and they said we are searching for the Jedi. That was the moment on our, on the podcast we had after that. I said all roads here lead to Luke Skywalker because there is no possible way it can be anyone else. But that is still, your one wacky theory that has been true. But But until it happened... I still didn't believe it, if that makes sense, because it just yeah. seemed like yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just I just couldn't believe it, it until it I was think. almost a hope, but but also a fear. Yeah, it's, I think I met. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because when I saw the one X wing, I thought it has to be him because it's an X wing. If it had been some other random ship, even an A wing. I would have thought that could have been Ahsoka. But the moment it was the X-Wing, there was me. So you're very much the same as you, Rally. I was like, it's either Luke or Ahsoka. Holy whatever. If it is him, I'm, I, I was thinking this is going to be really odd the way they do it. But then the moment he got out of the X-Wing and we saw the shadow with the hood up, yeah, that confirmed it for me. For, it, yeah, for me, that it, was it. It's, it's the same silhouette as what we saw in Return of the Jedi, the hood up, the walk, everything yeah. was pretty much nailed on. And then he lit up his green lightsaber. And at that point, that's when I yelped and got told to shut up by my wife. Um, but just, just to, just to con- God, I'm being contrary in a way. But when I watched it with Aileen, she, she immediately said it's some other Jedi. And that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, are they going to misdirect us? And it's going to be that cow guy from the, from oh, the Cal computer Pastor's series, because I was like, do you, do you know what I mean? I just felt like it was just almost too perfect that I just didn't think that it could be happening. 
and and just as it kept going on and it was it was clear but my eyes were telling me it was happening mm. but my heart was still going just hold on hold on hold on and then you started to see the fighting technique and you're like oh i know that technique i know that technique but hang on just hang on he might have taught someone that technique just hold on and hold then you on. saw the glove and the hand uh, yeah and then you go oh i can see that glove but oh just 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 no. one second here. I, I, i'd stop breathing at this point <laughs> I literally, the moment we saw that silhouette, even before we saw the green, it was like, mm-hmm. and that was it. I held my breath and, and I didn't breathe again. I, yeah, I, I, I stood up because I'm, I was, I'm in my, in my TV room and I've got a sofa that I'm very comfortable sitting on. But as soon as the silhouette, I literally just stood up and started yelping um, because there was no way they were going to do anything other than him at that point in time, because I knew it wasn't a Soka because if it was a Soka, the silhouette would have been completely different because of her. Yeah. She's much, and she's much more graceful in the way she moves. And, and... Absolutely. Um, and then to your point, the green lightsaber and I'm like, all right, this is, this is the yeah. unexpected. Yeah. But they went there. They did. My God, did they go there? Um, he went uh, everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah because you because you kind of thought beforehand in all seriousness if beforehand even if i thought luke skywalker was going to be in it i didn't think he'd be in it in this way to this degree of the luke that we saw Correct. i thought like i remember us talking before we thought it might be at the end of the series like he's there saying come with me little child and off they go did not expect to be like whoa this is full-on luke jedi Tim, master luke, luke skywalker in his prime. That, that i've never seen yeah, well, no one has. For, for me, for me, this was very like Rogue One when yeah. we saw Vader in his prime. We saw Luke in his prime. It, yeah, it's so funny. I've seen a clip. Someone has kind of married up the two, so there's like a split screen, and how he takes oh him. the corridor scene. Yeah, the corridor scene, and it's very similar. Even the way he uses the force, the way he pushes things, the way he, he strikes strikes them to him, doesn't he? And even the last one that he one crushes. Point. Yes. And I'm like, this is amazing. This, now, is, this is Master Luke. This is Luke that we had seen the potential of at the end of Return of the Jedi. Because he's even wearing the same clothes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you have failed, Your Majesty. I am a Jedi Knight. Can we talk about that crush force, though, just for a second? Go on. Because my understanding is, is that Jedis are not supposed to use that, which is kind of interesting. Well, because I know, I, I know in the Clone Wars that, that that's how Grievous got his cough, like in the, in yeah, the unofficial Clone Wars. I know that. But I, I've read lots of places that Jedi aren't supposed to do what he did. I know you said the robot thing, but I actually kind of like that because it shows that it's his version of the Jedi. He's taken it forward and, yeah. and definitely laid that down. So I know people out there have, have mentioned that he's free, the force in three different ways. Push, pull, crush. Yeah. And the crush one, people were like, well, that's not quite. And I, and I disagree with that. So. Well, it's, it's no, it's, they're a robot. They're an, an inanimate object. He's not crushing life out of something. He's crushing a piece of metal that he was going to cut up anyway. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I and, thought it was brilliant. And the thing is, we've seen Anakin, Obi-Wan, Mace, Yoda all do the push-pull slice 
I've even I've, I swear even Yoda's done the crushy thing on a droid in in the you've Clone Wars. Yeah, you've seen Mace do it. Yeah, it's not unusual. Um, but I just want to talk about the Luke scene in its entirety and actually what it means and the impact it's had because that scene has created quite a buzz in the fandom. Now, initially, the buzz, everything that I saw pretty much Friday, the buzz was pretty much all positive. Oh, my God, he's back, spoilers back, etc., etc. However, as the weekend's kind of progressed, I've seen a lot of... What's the word I'm looking for? Hate, hate's the wrong word. <sighs> Contrivances? No, that's the wrong word as well. I'm trying to find the right way to describe it, but... It's people using it to justify the fact that they hated the sequels. There is that, but there's also a discrediting, and, and that's the word, a discrediting of Luke, because they're saying he's an emotionless killer. And I'm like, A... I don't agree <clears> with it. He didn't kill no. anything. That's 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 it. Because they're <laughs> classifying the way that he takes out all of these droids as an emotionless killer. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not Darth Vader. Let's be honest. He's not anything like right. that at all. He's taking apart, literally taking apart, dark troopers. Is a battalion of robots? Yeah. It's no different to what we saw the Jedi doing in the entirety of the Clone Wars. Correct. And that's been one of the weird things for me. But then to your point, Ali, it's been used as a way to kind of fire... Weaponize. Yeah, that hate. And I'm going to use the word hate because that's that's kind of how it's going. And dare I call it trolling of the sequel trilogy. Now, I don't want to... I don't think but, we should but, delve into but, the sequel trilogy massively. But we're also seeing it from the opposite side. I wouldn't say it's just being used in that way. I'm seeing it the opposite way. Both people yeah. who loved um, the the sequel trilogy commenting on that's not Luke. Yes, ridiculous. It's, it's the thing is it's it's finding the balance between what is real. I suppose for want of a better word but what people want to be real is another way of describing it. And, you know, I think we as a fan base are the worst at doing this. You know, when when the prequel trilogy came out, everyone was like, Anakin's just a moany little whiny so-and-so. Well, that's, not the Darth, that's not the Darth Vader we want. We want this bad man, this bad dude, which he effectively is. So there was a lot of kind of issues with that. And it does go back to, dare I say it, headcanon. And I don't like. I, I like. The, I, I like using the phrase headcanon on things that haven't necessarily happened. Like my headcanon for the for the upcoming shows is going to be very different to actually what happens. You know, some of the guesses and kind of things that we've discussed, Ali for the most part, have got wrong. Um, <laughs> but it's still it's still an interesting discussion to have because to 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 see what? it's happening unfold on social media is so bizarre. Ali, go on. Okay, but like I. <laughs> I take it in a, a in a controversial way, as probably normal, but not that thing. I almost took it as an apology for what had happened in that sequel trilogy from Disney and Lucasfilm. Yes. I genuinely thought it was an apology because they didn't have to do it. And to be honest, I think most fans would have been quite happy if he didn't appear because of what had happened. And and the and almost the the decision which would not have been brave would have been to have just left him and let that thing go, which is something. To be fair to, to the current Lucasfilm, Dave and I have both suggested multiple times, leave this alone. Mm. Don't stoke it. Leave it alone. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah. But I think that they have gone back and they've said, you know what? The fans didn't turn out. It, this is different to the, to the prequels. The fans literally 
will not turn out for Solo. They're not turning out for Rise of Skywalker. They're not buying the stuff. It's different. It's just it, it, different. It is and, different because and, the merchandise was still selling on the back of the prequel trilogy. There was no dip in sales on the back of that. And I think, and I just felt like this was Disney going, do you know what, guys? We actually, we didn't give you what you wanted. We're going to give it to you now. And this is it. Draw a line underneath it. And that's kind of how I felt it was. And in many ways, I was just like, do you know what? That's great. I've seen this version. I'm just going to leave the sequels alone. I don't, I don't see the point of bashing them. I don't see the point of going for them anymore. I don't like them. But that was it for me. That was a line drawn under it. But many other people, to your point, Alex, have decided that that line is not anywhere near drawn. <laughs> it's not finished. No, it's not. And, I, and I personally feel very sorry for people that feel that way. Yeah. I, I do. I feel sorry for them. Like, yeah. they should be able to let this go now. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I, I do agree with that. However, to be controversial... I can almost see why some fans are, are weaponizing this mm. because you had how how many younger I'll use that term and I'm, I'm I know I'll get abused for that but how many younger fans turned on let's say the older fans accused them being but herb fanboys accused them of man baby tears of being immature of being un- incapable of getting with how things are now. And I think a lot of that resentment is potentially still there. It's not It's not necessarily the film itself anymore or the trilogy as a whole anymore. It's the fact that one entire part of the fan base turned on the other. It wasn't a disagreement of opinion like it was in the prequels. One part of the fan base actively trolled the other part of the fan base even to the point where you had you had podcasts and youtube videos of supposed fans with fan with man baby tia mugs well that that was that was actually somebody that works for lucasfilm yes prompted that which makes it not necessarily johnson stoked that quite a bit well he called people man babies didn't he i mean it's it's you know, I, I would say that maybe this weaponization that's happened now is those fans who felt really alienated by the way that another part of the fandom didn't didn't just agree, disagree with them, but actively turned on them, and and it's their opportunity, rightly or wrongly, to turn back on them and say, well, you know what, we can now say that to you. Suck it up, babies. I do think as well, though, it is, there is some complications in the fact that, and it starts with the end of Rise of Skywalker, the fact that that film was never promoted after it was released at all. You know right. the way there's normally follow-up press, there's kind mm-hmm. of extra things? That film, yeah. it went to the theatre and it died a very quiet death. You know, there was no big thing afterwards. And the other thing is, is that Disney have just announced 10 new Star Wars shows. And I wasn't, we went on the last podcast to discuss that. They've announced 10 new Star Wars shows featuring prequel characters, mm-hmm. OT characters. Where are any of the sequels characters? No. None. Or even that, or not even in that time, one of them. time No spin off for any of the main characters, not one. No. Literally, when in 2015, and you know, we've discussed this many times, Disney left the prequel era alone because they thought it was a bad era. 
Yep. I'm seeing that now with the sequel era, and I can understand why people who love that that those films and that thing would be angry that they have been mm. abandoned in some ways from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, when and you I, see... and I get that, and I and I feel, you know, and if they should love what they love, and if they love that, I would I would get that resentment personally. I get it. I mean, it's funny because there was massive rumors when Disney bought Lucasfilm. There was rumors, and there was even conversations in the company that they were going to completely get rid of the prequels. Mm. And I know that just getting rid of the EU created enough stir in the fan base. If yep. they'd have done that, to, if literally all of Disney would have said is the OT is it, and that's it. Clone Wars gone, Rebels not made, um, prequel trilogy gone. If if that would have been even worse. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. But they've kind of realised that there's, dare I say it, there's money to be made. Um, yeah. In an era that is loved, appreciated, but there's also an opportunity here to actually explore things, which is what I'm so glad they're doing in the High Republic, because the High yeah. Republic is two to four hundred years before um, Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace. Um, and. The, the this new show acolyte i'm really interested in this by the way i think this is the one i'm really looking forward to the most this is set what 50 years before the phantom menace um and now that means we're going to get potentially i know we've had the side conversation of this a young sheath palpatine potentially a darth plagueis because darth plagueis is mentioned in the sequel uh, the prequel trilogy so he is yeah. canon so there's got to be a way to bring him into it now dare i say i reckon there could even be a reference to Snoke because of you're on mute again, Ali. Yeah, uh, no, I was green uh, or Anakin or Anakin. Exactly. It's how they place the midichlorians within yeah. shimmy. Uh, Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> Who's? <laughs> Who's that? Um, so I, that, that for me is really interesting and kind of just to, to go come full circle back to the Mandalorian because we're kind of <laughs> again, going off track. Um, but don't just one second. <laughs> have you seen the, the the shots that have come out this evening of the Cassin Andor series of the sets they are building? Mm. It makes the Mandalorian look like child's play. What they're building in terms yeah. of full sets, it's mental. The investment they're putting yeah. in. So I just just before we go back to my note, I just want to say it is very clear that I mean, and if you think about the era that was sent, that that is prime. You know, Rogue yeah. One. Disney it's, Star Wars. It's, it's, the, it's the Empire Rebels. It's yeah. it's, it's yeah. All where it all started. So so like th- there is huge investment as well going in on a scale because they've seen that this this way of telling Star Wars works. And yeah. and let's. Well, and I think that's where you were going to go. Sorry. But it was also when you think about it, the Cassian Andor show will obviously build up and lead into Rogue One. Yes. And that's why I don't want to watch it. While. <laughs> <laughs> while Rogue Zero One, interest. <laughs> while Rogue One didn't do well in in the cinema, I think it's done well enough and has a reputation among the fan bases. I know you don't like it, Ali. No, no, it definitely has. But what you're gonna it say. has got a huge yeah. reputation, a huge impact, and a huge appreciation yeah. amongst the fan base. Agree. Um, so Disney are jumping on that, and rightly so. And I completely yeah. applaud that because they. Well, I would say we we discussed this on our chat in 2012. Disney paid four billion. Yeah, and they paid four billion to buy a franchise with a north with with an established and passionate fan base who actively spend millions every year on the merchandise on anything to do with Star Wars, and to some extent, 
the sequel trilogy alienated a large proportion of that. And and they've worked out to their cost that they, whilst it's one thing to try and engage a brand new audience, but you can't turn your back on the audience that made your company worth $4 billion. <laughs> and it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because actually, when you think about it, the sequel trilogy have made four and a half billion, which in that in that respect, return on investment, boom, done, you're fine. Yeah. You, you've made your money. So they can, arguably, they can now focus on not necessarily what they want to focus on because there's two movies coming as well. Let's not forget, these, yeah. these, aren't, these aren't just movies about... Um, uh, these aren't just Disney Plus TV shows. There's two movies coming, one by Taika Waititi and the other done by um, the lady... Patty, did, Patty yeah, she, Patty Watkins? Or Jen- Jenkins. Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. She did Wonder Woman. And there are rumours that that Rogue Squadron is either again, weirdly, going to be set in and around the Rogue One era because of Rogue Squadron, or it could actually be set in the sequel trilogy era with Poe Dameron. Mm. So, again, there's there's a whole heap of things. Which one of those two are what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the thing that's really interesting, the Poe Dameron comic book is really good. The Poe Dameron comic book is great, and it's about his X-Wing crew i mean it's it's not up there with some of the other marvel comics but it's still a good comic book well co- coming out of um the force awakens you know when when i did the original drawings i did i did you as boba fett and i did uh, andy as chewbacca and uh, no andy as the emperor and, and what have you um i drew myself as poe dameron yeah. of all the characters that i could have chosen at that point in time like we're, we're going back to what about 2015 i think 2015, I yeah, yeah. to be fair you do look a lot like oscar isaac Steve. yeah exactly exactly With but, the helmet on. but i drew myself in his flight suit there you go um i drew myself in his flight suit the same as um alex to be fair to him looks nothing like tamira morrison um about I've seen him. I've seen him with a golf club. It was exactly like watching him in that episode a couple of ago. To, to be fair, hitting, hitting be, things like he did to that trooper. Don't you go besmirching Alex's golfing technique, Dave? To, to be fair, at this point in time, I look more like Tamir Morrison than he does. That's very true, actually. Yes, you do. <laughs> it is true. You, you did. But it's um, but yeah, Poe Dameron was my favourite character at the end of the very first of the movies. And I mean, this kind of just bringing this all back to to kind of the Mandalorian and 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 getting the Luke that a lot of fans wanted rather than what they got in the Last Jedi, which yeah. we've gone over many a time. We know none of us like that Luke. Let's be honest with you. No. But while that version of Luke is in that movie, the version of Luke we got in the Mandalorian, and as much as this annoys some fans, and I, I don't want to annoy anyone, but it's the same person, just in different points in their life. And rightly or wrongly, if we like it or not, we have to kind of say, okay, Luke in sequel trilogy has been perceived in a certain way that none of us like, well, correction, that a lot of us don't like. There are some that like it. And to your point earlier on, Dave, some of the fans who are the are sequel trilogy fans are saying this isn't the Luke that I've I've previously yeah. seen, you know, and that's that's again that's absolutely fine. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And to Ali's point, you don't like it anymore, then you just don't watch it, you know. Well, well, Rebels has opened up the concept of the multiverse, potentially with the world between worlds. We don't know yes. how that's going to play out. I mean, at the moment, everything in Star Wars is linear, mm. and everything in in the EU, 
everything in the current canon has all been linear. I, but the EU could now be considered a multiverse. Potentially, I hope we don't go down that path. I, I like my Star Wars linear, uh, straight line. <laughs> but, uh, but it's I, not linear, Alex, because of Ahsoka. Well, Ahsoka yeah. should be dead. I still have beef. Ahsoka with that. was saved, and that means that this is not the linear universe. Yeah. The linear universe, she died in that battle. The one that we're in, or we think we're in, is the one that Ezra went and saved her in. Did, did, without again me being contrary, did we actually see her die? I think she probably died at the hands of Darth Vader you because see? he that, kept I'm, going on and we never saw. But, the, yeah. fact, the fact you said you think is, is quite. Cause nobody, I know, but, yeah, but the alternative is rather than a multiverse at that point, you've just got time travel. You've just got simple time yeah. travel. And she was able to step simple. out of time. So I just I, think it's safe I, to say we, we went off. Either way, we're, we're getting this version of Luke in The yeah. Mandalorian that has been appreciated by quite a lot of people. And yeah. we as, I think, I don't, this is the royal we. Yeah. We think it's great. Well, because yes. like, we haven't actually said it, Alex, but like I, I bawled my eyes out in happiness in a way that I have yes. not done. I, I can't even remember when I cried so happily and joyfully at a moment in cinema or film or anything. And it just gave me, I, I think it took me about an hour or two. And I know you were on calls at work, Dave, after that. And I was as well. But it took me an hour or two to regain my composure from what I'd just seen. And like, anything kept coming up to me. Are you all right? Are you all right? I don't know what's happening. I, was just, I, I, I can't believe I saw it. I, I can't believe it. And I actually cried more the second time I watched it in full because I knew what was going to happen. And this time I had no doubt of what I was about to see because earlier I, I, I said I, to you. I, I so, kept control the second time because I had the boys with me. <laughs> I just, I just, I was a blubbering mess. Well, and then of course we'll get to it in a minute because we still haven't finished this show. Another character appears and that properly as well made me go, Oh, that, that, I went from happy tears to happy smiles. Yeah. Well, the, the, only, the only time I've had a similar reaction in modern Star Wars, strangely enough, was in Rebels. In the very first um, double double episode of Rebels, and you had the moment, I don't know if you, you can even go back this far, if you remember this, this far back, but you had the scene where Ezra and Kanan and and a couple of the other rebels are all being pinned down by stormtroopers. With and, the uh, Sorry? With the Wookiees. With the Wookiees. Yeah. And, um, um, oh, what's the, the Lozal? Uh, Zeb. Zeb, oh, Zeb turns, yeah, yeah. Zeb turns around and says, I think now's the time. And so Kanan goes, now's the time. And Ezra then says, what's, what's now the time type of question? They, they make a, they call the, like they call a, a, a plan of some, they yes. call it a name, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and Ezra goes, what's the, what's, what's the plan type of thing? And Kanan stands up and you've got playing in the background the, 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 the you, you'd had previously the Obi-Wan Kenobi message from Revenge of the Sith mm. We need to go into hiding. Now is not the Jedi time. Another time will happen, and a time when we can come back. And he stands up and starts leaning to one side, leaning to the other side, and dodging, dodging the blaster yeah. bolts whilst assembling a lightsaber. And and he turns round to Ezra and said, "Kid, everyone's going to know the plan." And and that for me was the same feeling. It was when the Jedi came back 
And for me, this episode had that, the Jedi are back. It's, do you know what? Yeah, I, I'm going to echo that point, but go further. It wasn't a Jedi. It was yes. the Jedi. The Jedi. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I know I've often said this, but to me, like, Anakin is the is the main thread of the story. But Luke is the Jedi. Yes. of, like, you know, from, from... He's the Jedi of my childhood. He was the one... Okay, he got trained by others, but I never really... You know, you, you didn't yeah. see them perform as Jedi as such. But you did with Luke. Yeah. And so Luke is, it, it's not, it's not a Jedi. It, it's yeah. the, it's the Jedi. And that matters to me. It really yeah. matters. And that really got me just turning. It was just that moment. Like, I literally turned my turn. And when she said, it's not Luke, is it? I was like, it's not a Jedi. It is the, and she just went, <gasps> and I think millions of people around the world felt that this weekend in a way that, they probably didn't expect at the beginning of that episode, definitely didn't expect when the Mandalorian was announced a few years ago, but we saw the Jedi. Not like a million Jedi. voices streamed out. That's just crazy for me, and it's just amazing. It really is amazing. It's, it's funny because, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Like When they said that this was going to be five years after Return of the Jedi, we know Luke's around. We know he's not dead. We know Han Solo's around. We know Leia's around. But it was positioned in a way that they weren't, or they didn't seem to at one point want to bring in the wider universe. And, you know, we, we touched on this at the start of the show. Season two has done that. Um, but it's done it in a way that is inclusive and smart. Yeah. Has and and sim- sympathetic to the characters that we already knew. Sympa- that's a great word, yeah. Very sympathetic in the characters that we know. And even, even to the point where R2 comes out. Yes. I, I, I was Mera's not here, dude. I was not expecting R two, and that no. that that I, I, when I saw the Luke scene, my goosebumps had goosebumps. I didn't cry, apologies. Um, but when I saw R two, it was like a warm feeling because it was again, it was that familiarity, and and I don't know if this is just me wanting there to be something. I think it There's, is. There seemed to be a connection between R two and Grogu. Yes. He was Anakin's droid and they were the same age, Anakin and Grogu. Mm. There's no way that they didn't somehow cross in the temple during their training. Yeah. yeah, There is no way they're the same age. And it was the happy beeps and the movement and everything. And you were like, oh my goodness. And it was almost like, it's okay. You don't know this guy, but trust me. And it was all done with beeps that none of us know what it meant. And Grogu None of us have a clue what it was said. But we I, got I that feeling that you got, Alex. It, it was. I have a good feeling. feeling. It was. I, it, I have a good feeling about this. That's what that beeps were. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it kind of wrapped up the episode quite well. Mm. Let We haven't even gone back to the point yet. Hold on a minute. Let, let's take a step back before, even before R2 arrives. He takes his helmet off. Yes. Yeah. I did not expect that. No. Now, I understand why, because we saw Grogu kind of touch his face and stuff, which I thought was really cute. Yeah. And then for him to take his helmet off, I think does go back to then your point, Ali, or Dave, I can't remember which of you said it, but it positions season three to continue the story of Din being part of Bo-Katan's crew because they take their helmets off quite openly. And he hasn't got a ship anymore. He hasn't got a ship anymore. He he got there on the, on the, the, the... the Imperial class, oh, and then Slave 1 at some point as well. So, And we know, well, 
let's get to the end in a minute. But ultimately, he takes his helmet off. And again, I thought the the bit there was cute, very nice. Um, and we had a conversation on the side as well, even taking a step back before that. Gideon's got, a, he finds a blaster, tries to take a few people out, yeah. pings Bo-Katan a few times. I, you know, I, I can't advise you both or separately, whatever, but I wasn't sure if Bo-Katan then was dead. Yeah. First time, I didn't think so, but after you mentioned it, I watched it again and I was like, oh yeah, she looks like she got it. She got, she got, she, she looks like time. she got it, but then you see her stand up in the back. Yeah, and when I, 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 I didn't pay attention because I was too busy looking at no, Luke. No, I did the second time because I, you text that. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't miss I things with Broke Tad. Well, yes, clearly. Um, so it's just one of those things, but again, let's then talk about the other elephant in the room about Luke CGI. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I've seen people say, that completely ruined the episode for me. It took me out of the episode. They've ruined Luke. And I'm like, oh, get a bloody grip. People said that about Rogue One as well, though. Yeah, they like, did. With, with Tarkin and with Leia. And, like, of yeah. all the criticisms I have of Rogue One, they're not two of them, you know. I, I, the, the... I, yeah, I mean, I must admit, the, the CGI for me, it's not it's not as good as Tarkin in Rogue One. No. no. And it's probably on par with Leia. Yeah, point. it's a bit. It's a bit. It doesn't move quite right yeah. around the jaw. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem, right? Hit, like jaw above, it's spot on. But yeah. that bit is kind of. Yeah, I agree. It it didn't look quite right. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. No. But also, if you imagine, in all seriousness, so the secrecy that has gone into creating that, there must have been a couple of animators who were allowed into that secret. And that's because it. because that we'd heard about the rumors of the Mandalorian, but no one no. had said that Mark Hamill had done something. And I'm sure we were all the same in the end. We all checked was that Mark Hamill because yeah. like it sounded like him, but there's been other yeah. you know, like yeah. was it a separate voice actor. Who was it? And the fact that he's been involved with it, the fact that someone has has you know obviously it was a body double. It wasn't him. We know in the superimposed face, whatever. But. They had to keep that so quiet. I imagine, literally. And working from home with COVID, they didn't have the tools they would normally have. Yeah. I think they did an amazing job for, for, for the time. And maybe they'll go back and fix it I, in I the post-COVID world. Maybe I they'll go and do that. Because, you know, Star Wars has done that before. The NDAs they must have signed to keep that quiet, my days. Oh, my gosh. You'll never work in Hollywood again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, as, as dumb as this is going to sound, they've taken out jeans and T-shirt guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they've done it already. So I'm not saying they're going to reinvent Mark Hamill's face super quick, but nevertheless, it will be a part of something that, to your point, Ali, that evolves. And, you know, when that is going back into the studio properly after COVID, chances are they'll probably come out with something even bigger and better. Well, there was, to go back to your point before about the, the connection between um, Din and Grogu, where he takes the helmet off, the amount of emotion between a puppet a human, and a CGI, yeah, and then a droid, there was more emotion between those four characters than we saw in the sequel trilogy. I knew he was going to go there. (laughs) There was. But Dave, you're missing the key point. You're missing the key point in all this. 
Why in the last episode when Pedro Pascal took his helmet off, he had a lovely moustache, and this time he had stubble not unlike Alex's? His personal grooming regime with his helmet on is all over the place. That's well, what I took away from that. That's mine. It's because I'm in tier been, four. It's, it's been a few days. It's been a few days since, I mean, I, since I mean, the last episode. And he's been know, a bit busy. He's, he's been a bit busy, stuff. hasn't he? But, you know, you've got to make your moustache look nice when no one sees your face. It's very important. Yeah, but he's, he's been busy <laughs> since then. <laughs> he's been trying to save a 52-year-old child. Um, Indeed, yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, we, strange, we saw strange, him with a moustache and cliches. for adults in nappies. But he's, he's, he's gone from just having a moustache and a clean-shaven face to capturing Pershing, yeah. um, convincing Bo-Katan to join their party, and yeah, then storming a, a cruiser. I'm, I, he hasn't had time to, to clean up the cheeks. He and and, and he now rules Mandalore. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so what, a busy it, couple of days. <laughs> while, while we're on that, so we then, we then see Luke... Walk off into the sunset with well, not walk, but when he's X-wing, force me with you. Come on, the DH voice. I almost, do you know what? I almost wanted like a James Bond moment where they would be like, Are you a Jedi? I'm Luke Skywalker. I think I would have just gone <laughs> absolutely I, mental. I, I, I don't think he didn't say who he was, he never once said who he was. No, he didn't, he didn't. And I don't think in the OT, I don't think he ever said, May the force be with you. Oh, because did he always say the, the, the reply? Well, yeah, it's normally other people say it to him. Doesn't he, he say it? He's, I doesn't don't he, think he, he ever says it. Doesn't he say it to Han Solo? No, Han Solo says it to him. That's in A New Hope. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Well, that, that's a good, that is a good question, Dave. I don't think he ever did. I'm going to do a quick Google just while we're talking. Yes, Luke. Skywalker. Riveting podcast in here as we all race (laughs) to have a look at this because Dave's put out a theory here. So Alex is going quickly here. Dave's using dial up internet up north. So he's at a critical disadvantage to begin with. That's a modem you can hear people. When when Luke is speaking with Lando and Chewie, he says, Chewie, I'll be waiting for your signal. Take care, you two. May the force be with you. Okay. In fact, Oh, Jedi okay. Knight, Luke Skywalker only ever says it once and it was off screen to Lando in Empire Strikes Back. His sister oh. Leia only ever says it fully once and that was in The Force Awakens. So he only says it off screen. It's interesting. So we'll call it a tie. You're both right. Okay. I'm being so, then, so then that we, is where we think the episode wraps up unless there's anything else that you want to talk about before we talk about the last bit. No, I I think it's set up in a really interesting place. Is all I would say. But I think we've got loads of time to talk about that in the future. There's a lot. Um, of the other two people, I'm sure, Mera and uh, Justin have got lots to say about this episode as well that we probably haven't even covered because yeah. so much happened. So maybe worth leaving for another day. So then, the post credit scene. Yes. So Mal, I, I missed it first time. Lucasfilm going on. Yeah. <laughs> School oh, I text you because I because you hadn't seen it, Alex, and I was like, I I was like, I text Dave like, separately being like, so I I'd seen it, I'd had my tears, I'd gone, I'd logged into the computer, and then I saw this tweet appear saying what what the last line of that clip you're about to talk about is. And I was like, what is this about? 
<laughs> and, it, and I suddenly realised it wasn't five minutes of blooming photography that I decided I didn't want to watch. <laughs> so I was like, oh. so Aileen came into the room going, can I start work? And I sent her out because I said she can't come in until I'd seen the scene because otherwise it would spoil it for her watching it again later. No, get out! That's actually what happened. Uh, happened. But it was worth it though. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, we're not getting so, married anymore, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the post credit scene cuts to Jabba's palace on Tatooine. Yes. Now, at that point, I'm thinking, <gasps> where are we going? Refurbished. Yeah, done up. Slightly. Yeah. Slightly. Looking, looking a bit of a Skylights. Bit, bit of a skylights and an extra turret. <laughs> Did it have an extra turret? That's okay, what Paul um, Bateman says. I'm going to have to watch it, okay. Anyway. It's been upgraded. Who buy, Alex? Who buy? Well, well, for, well, I reckon it's Bib. Um, so, I a bunch of jowers. I really set him up to go into the story there, and he just, just didn't. No, you didn't set me up, because Fennet... I know, Bib... So, okay, all right. <laughs> who, we, let's try it again. Who was it who did that, Alex? <laughs> person sitting on the throne. And Bib who Fortuna. was that? Oh. Uh, a slightly more podgy Bib, for, Bib Fortuna, Indeed. I should say. Um I'm sure he's been eating the hot's diet. He's doing a good job of it, that's for certain. Yeah. His, his leku's a little bit larger. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he supposed well, to be dead as well, in all seriousness? I, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think he was on the barge, was he? I don't know. I can't remember him being on the barge, but you just assume he would be, because he was the... Well, then maybe the major domo just stays with the castle. Maybe he doesn't travel. Maybe he's like a butler. Well, or a host. He's an MC because he lets people in. Or uh, maybe it's like the American president where they have that nominated person sitting oh, in a bunker in case it goes down. Designated person. Designated and he's just sitting there. And like the second it goes down, he's like, yes! Into <laughs> the underworld! Now I can eat all his food! <laughs> Which is effectively what he did. So we they, we cut to Bill Fortuna on his throne, clearly in charge of, of the huts or Jubba's... Uh, Guards, whatever you want to call it, um, to then cut into a scene where Fennec walks in, and at one point, I must admit, I thought it was um, oh, who's the bounty hunter that Leia imitates? Oh, what's Boosh. Oh. Boosh. I thought it was Boosh. Really? Um, yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is. But then it wouldn't make sense. Um, but then obviously Fennec arrives, and thirty seconds later, Boba what? Fett walks in. I thought oh, no, she, she takes out some of his guards. Yeah, she yeah. Does. yeah, yeah. I, I thought before then, I thought she was going to step on top of the rancor pit. I must admit, I thought the same. I was a bit like, you might want to take a couple of yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get too yeah. close. <laughs> um, but then obviously, she takes out a few of his bad guys, a few of his kind of cronies. Um, and then Boba Fett walks in. And then there's a bit of an exchange where Bill Fortuna says, oh, Boba, I thought you were dead. You know, I've heard rumours and this, that and the other. And he then kills him. <laughs> That's actually a very good impression, by the way. Uh, well, A101. Totally. I thought you got that spot on. Well done. A101. Um, <laughs> he also said McC- McClunky. McClunky. He? he said McClunky as well. I'm like... Well, that's for those of you that aren't aware or haven't seen that. That's that's now re, a, a line that has been added to a New Hope on the Disney Disney Plus version, um, where thingy gets shot by Han Solo, uh, Greedo. So, guys, 
We then see Boba Fett take his place. Basically, he just pushes him off the throne. He does. That's callous. Just pushes him off the throne. Looks very comfortable. Fennec sitting to the right of him. Grabs a drink. And then it cuts to the title, The Book of Boba Fett, December 31st. Dave, what were your initial thoughts on seeing that, mate? It was wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, we'd already had an exceedingly amazing cake, and this was the icing. It really was. Yeah, the cherry on the icing. Yeah, this this yeah. it was it was great, and and I think because last week when Disney had announced all these brand new shows and there was no mention of Boba, whereas about three weeks ago. There was loads of rumours about, oh, there's a new Boba Fett show. It's going to push him in front of the Mandalorian. It's going to be filmed before the Mandalorian. The next season of the Mandalorian is going to be picked up. And then next last week, there was nothing. No official announcements. And I thought, it was one of those rumours. It's not going to happen. And then that. <laughs> Ali. What was your reaction to seeing Boba in all of his glory? I'm not supposed to say anything if I can't say nothing nice at all. So... But I do frequently. I couldn't care less about this character. I want him dead. I don't think he should be alive. <gasps> I don't like him. I don't get it. I never have got it. Don't care. Don't want it. But you I'm glad you guys out. can watch it. And, oh, you know, it just means that I don't have to record or listen to podcasts for a few weeks when it comes out, which is tremendous. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm definitely editing now. Uh, so for me, yeah. Man, you can't force just... me on. <laughs> I can put you on mute. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so same as you, Dave. My reaction was, oh, my God, this looks brilliant. Mm. It's clearly, uh, I'm hoping it continues from that point in time. So yeah. does Boba become ruler of the underworld? Does yeah, he try to take over? Yeah. Does he, yeah. he ain't going to go back to being a bounty hunter if he's running things on Tatooine, right? No. Um, does he embrace the sand people into the... Uh, the world of uh, of the underworld. Could you imagine that? Oh, Guys, okay, but seriously, right. Okay, this is slight rant time here, in all seriousness. <laughs> this guy had Slave 1, right, for all these five years, never took his armour back, oh. but as soon as he does that, goes off, saves the universe, and then takes over the criminal underworld. What the hell does that make any sense? He it's could have done it the second he survived. It makes no sense if that was the case there were so many problems with this character you're, you're you're talking about sense in a tv show where a small green thing was had the ability to pick up a massive hippo with horns with just using his mind yes but in terms of the story it makes sense this bit makes no sense this is a new story it makes no sense utterly none whatsoever the character who we met at the beginning where he's like Mando, give me the armor. I'm not going to kill you for it. Is now what? Come on. We don't know I, where this is going. Come on. It's just so bizarre. And, like, I don't understand this drinking of the Kool-Aid on this. I I, I can see where you're going with that. To some such, a, such a muggle. Because, yeah, because I, I, I agree with you. He's been on Tatooine for five years. He could have got his armor back whenever he wanted. He really could have Cobb Vance would not have stood a chance when we saw the way that Mando took out a, a, a small army of stormtroopers on his own. 
he would have got that armor back. And I agree totally. He has his ship. He could have landed it in the middle of the street and just said to Cobb Vance, you know what? That's my armor. <laughs> and and he never did. I, I get that. I totally get that. And for me... that stuff. Yes. For me, that was the one big... The one, the biggest plot contrivance in the episode that we saw Boba Fett reappear. That's correct because it is. And, and, but 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 get past that. He had saved one, Dave. But he could have just shot them from the sky. Got... It's just mental the idea that he had that ship that can do all the things. He had all those charges. He is to your point about the backpack. He even had the blooming armor in the back of his slave one because he got that from somewhere in his ship. Just get on the Star Wars bus and let it ride. Just I cannot with this one. And so, so for me, just I, like I, the sequel trilogy, I will be glad to ignore this bit. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, I got on the bus, and so I've ignored it. <laughs> and with that... I love Luke. That, that is the end of the rescue. And what an end to the season, guys. And what better way to wrap up season two with that episode mm. and the way to wrap up season two's finale podcast with your final thoughts. Mr. Contrary, over to you. There's a lot to dislike about this series. A lot. A lot more than I found in the first season. Season, there's a lot to dislike about it. A lot. Every single episode, we've been able to pick out at least four or five pretty major flaws to what's happened in the storytelling. Every single one without fail. Yeah, there's always been huge flaws. Like, you can just go and find them. I I'll, I could go and create a list for you if you wanted. But there is, there's always huge flaws that don't make sense in every single one of these episodes, which wasn't the case in the first season. However, the payoff at the end was so unbelievably good, and the setup for the future is so awesome, I'm just going to ignore the stuff I don't like, and I'm going to go with it. I don't have to watch those episodes again, but I can just watch the finale episode about a gazillion times, and that's what I want to see, and I'll be happy with that. Okay. Okay. Dave, final thoughts, mate. Season two was so much better than season one. I enjoyed season one. We all agreed at the time that it probably wasn't the, the best when it came to storytelling, but it was good and solid Star Wars. Season two built upon that, and yeah, okay, there are flaws in the storytelling, but overall, coherently, it was a, a superior product for me. And... If, if you want to go down the route of, of the icing on the cake, um, chapter uh, 16 of The Mandalorian was the biggest cherry I had ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final thoughts from me. Um, I'm Team Dave on this one. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I, it, I thought season two was better than season one. Um, I've seen, apart from this one, oddly, I've seen each episode of season two at least twice, minimum. Season one, there were a couple of episodes where I'm one and done, moved on. Okay, it was good. It was good. Um, and if you remember me saying at the end of season one, it wasn't the best TV. While I'm saying that season two isn't the best TV per se, it's amazing Star Wars. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a good way for me to describe it. From I know, Ali, you've got gripes with the storytelling and you know if, if you compare it to a, cine, a cinematic story or even serial tv like i said before like the sopranos or the wire it isn't there from a storytelling perspective 
from a Star Wars content, from a Star Wars ethos, from a Star Wars mindset perspective, it's bang on the money. Um, so much about this season has been a win for me. So much for this season has been an absolute joy to watch. Half of it didn't expect. You know, go back to our podcast in the earlier part of the season. Some of this stuff, we couldn't predict it. And we tried to predict it, and Ali got it wrong. Um, well, 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 I was going to let you have your moment then. But Ali did not get most of that okay. wrong. So you will say, <laughs> Ali, you definitely said that he would end up with a dart saver. You will also definitely say that he got it right, right about Baby Yoda and the cloning. That is what you should say. And then I will be nice about this thing and not say what I really want to say because that's for another time. <laughs> and so to continue my final thought, um, I yeah, I just really liked it. Looking forward to watching it again. Looking forward to the gallery show that's coming soon. Bring on the new content. I've not even given my 10 pennies worth of thoughts when it comes to the new content, but we'll save that for another podcast. Next podcast will probably be a wrap-up of 2020. Just a wider discussion. Try and get everyone on as much as we can to talk about the good and the bad from 2020 from a Star Wars perspective. And that's it. Dave. Sorry, I've got one final, final thought. Final, final thought. Chapter 16, for me, was some of the best Star Wars since 1983. Oh, wow. High praise. That, That episode took me back to being a child. High praise indeed. That episode for me was some of the best Star Wars since 2005, which... You know, as you can tell from the age difference between me and Dave, also was when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let, let us not forget, your favourite movie is Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but I am joking. Obviously, I wasn't a child at that point. But yeah, oh, the you're point a, is the same, Dave. You're, you're, you're a man-child. Um, this has been the best Star Wars since last Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is it. We are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much for listening to us for the last two hours and maybe 15 minutes. I think we might have topped last week's episode, to be fair here, guys. Um, talking about everything about the rescue, Chapter 16 of The Mandalorian Season 2. Um, if you want to know more about who we are, check out our website, allthews.the-jedi-council.com. Find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Jedi underscore Council. On Facebook, we are at TJC underscore the Jedi underscore Council. On Instagram, we are at the Jedi underscore Council underscore TJC. We don't do Snapchat. We don't do TikTok. We're too old for that rubbish. Uh, so don't even bother looking for us on that. If you want to listen to our back catalogue, we are on SoundCloud. Again, search for us, the underscore Jedi underscore Council. Uh, if you want to find us, you can also on most of your podcast apps, devices, things, wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Podbean, Player.fm, SoundCloud, I've already said that, um, and the iOS podcast device, Google Play. Go there, find us, listen to us. Here, There is our back catalogue. Interact with us on social media. Find us on YouTube. Yes, we have some videos that are on YouTube. Again, search for us, the underscore Jedi underscore Council. We've done a few videos on there. We probably need to do a little bit more, to be fair. Uh, but more of them will be on the way. And yes, we are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. And we'll be back hopefully next week with a review of 2020. And may the force be with you. Always. Remember, the force will be with you. Always.